2: Keep moving, got me in a train.
3: Hey, good afternoon, everybody. I'm Rich Yabba alongside Brandon Bing. He's coming all the way from the Grand Strand. I'm down here in the Lowcountry, and we're going to bring you a three-solid-hour show of Southern Sports Central, coming to you live from the Factory Sports and Fitness Training Studios right here in Charleston, South Carolina. Glad to be here with you tonight. It's going to be a great show. we got a great list of guests coming in. We've got two coaches, two players, and two beat writers all set to join us tonight. It's going to start off at 630, where we'll check in with David Shelton. He, of course, writes for the Post and Courier right here in the Lowcountry. He'll be checking in with the games of the week coming out this Friday night. It's going to be another amazing night of lights and action and football all in one as they kick it off around 730 down here in the Lowcountry. We'll talk about the big games that are going to happen here throughout the low country. And maybe he'll talk some other action around the state. We'll also talk about his thoughts from week three. Week three is in the books, by the way, as uh, some big things happened. Also, maybe he kind of dabbles a little bit, talks about some ball. They're in about week seven, I think, right now. But it is Hammond taken out by First Baptist over on James Island. And Coach Waters picked up a big-time win last Friday night in the world of skeezable. We'll talk about that with David Sheldon as well. Then at 7 o'clock, we head up to the Grand Strand with a coach that's going to be taking on the guy that's co-hosting tonight's show with me. He's the voice of the Carolina Force Panthers. It's going to be a guy named, well, Ben Hampton. He is on a move over to They're a little hot right now after winning two in a row, one St. James, other Conway, and now for homecoming, they welcome in a top-10 team in the state, Carolina Force. They win that game. They win that game and they look to be playoff bound for the first time in a while in a very unusual season. We got coach Hampton joining us and I believe he's going to have one of his dudes check in here with us as well. That will be checking it out right now. Just got the information on this young man. that's going to be uh, checking in with us. Cade Byrd. He's an all-side linebacker, 6'2", 190. He's a senior. He'll be checking in with us here uh, in uh moments. That'll be at seven o'clock and seven fifteen calls. Then, oh, but then we're gonna go out and do some things at seven thirty. You know what's gonna happen at seven thirty? We'll go to the upstate, check in with one of those coaches. Well, let's head all the way up there. Of course, we'll be checking out with Coach Early. Scott Early. He'll be checking out with us and talking to us about what's happening on the West Side things of life. Of course, Coach Scott Early uh is uh in great shape they're also very good this year. They're 3-0. and They'll be playing, uh, I believe, Wahala on Friday night. That's 4A football in the upstate up there, by the way. That's a 730 call. His quarterback is going to be joining us here at uh, 745. So you want to check out that interview. And then at 8 o'clock, we go back to the beat writer side of life. And that's going to be, as always, locosports.com's on West Kerr. We'll join us to talk about the teams down in Buford County that would be, of course, Bluffton, Hilton Head, Beaufort. I mean, well Branch. There's a few more dogs down there that are doing an amazing job. But, of course, it all starts right now with Brandon Bisco bing You can hear his show live on Friday morning, a couple of days away, as he will be bringing you Sports Unlimited. Brandon, man, how's the world up on the Grand Strand on a Wednesday
4: night, buddy? Uh, it's doing pretty well, uh, you know, Carolina Force, like you mentioned, that matchup between Carolina Force and Socasty this week, that just went and, and what's funny is I wasn't even really thinking about it per se, uh, last week because I was thinking, you know, Conway more than likely will win that matchup. But now with Socasty winning that one and Carolina Force losing a nail biter in overtime, losing a heartbreaker to Sumter this past week, that matchup is pretty much going to decide who gets in in that number two seed, barring something crazy, obviously. But more than likely, that matchup this week is going to decide who gets in as the two seed coming out of six, uh, out of region six. Yeah, that was wild. We actually had the quarterback on Monday night
3: for, uh, of course, Sumter, the Gamecocks, as uh, Mr. Vasquez joined us and he was very humble about the comeback and and, and the opportunity to play, you know, really good football. You know, kind of break it down, Brandon. You're the voice over there with the Panthers. You guys were up 14 to nothing. Didn't give yourself maybe enough padding there going into halftime, or or did you? What kind of was the meltdown that led to a comeback overtime win for the Gamecocks and to put them in sole position of first place and controlling that region? Sumter, for one,
4: Coming out of, ha- out of the half, they came out on fire on both sides of the ball. Offensively, they were moving the ball much more efficiently and much more effectively. Defensively, they were getting a lot more pressure on Kyle Watkins than they did in the first half. They were closing up the holds defensively as well, and that's what allowed them to get back. But even then, Carolina Forest, the Panthers were still playing well. They were still scoring. The the two big turning points, well, the one big turning point overall was the turnover, Bell, because the Panthers turned the ball over, if I remember correctly, I think it was four, it was at least four times, and the two biggest ones was an interception by Kyle Watkins uh, late in the third quarter, and then the Panthers scored, the Panthers took the lead, and they had an eight-point lead with about, I think, three, two and two and a half, three minutes left to go in the game. And it looked like they would, you know, they, the defense made a big stop and got the ball back for the offense. And it looked like at that point it was a little over two minutes left to go in, in the game. And it looked like the Panthers, all they needed to do, the, the Gamecocks only had one timeout left. And it looked like the Panthers, all they needed to do was just run out the clock. And they hand the ball off. They hand it off to Luke Janik. Janik takes it up the gap, and he gets a big game. And it looks like, you know, that's pretty much it. But he decided to be a little bit too, uh, you know, tried to do a little too much, tried to keep the the ball moving forward. And one of the Sumter defenders come, comes up from behind, punches the ball out, and just like that, the Gamecocks g- recover. Score the, uh, they score a touchdown with only a few seconds left to go in the game, and then end up getting the two point conversion, which sends us into overtime. And then at the end, the uh, the Panthers fumbled the ball again, and and the Gamecocks recovered it, and that was that. So turn- turnovers and just you know feeling like they did enough instead of going for the. Well, feeling like they did enough, but also, you know, trying to go for the jugular a little too much is what caused that loss for the Panthers. Now, of
3: course, uh, joins me here on Wednesday night will be, of course, uh, the man that is the voice of the Carolina, of course, the, uh, up there the Panthers. That uh, the, the, These guys, Carolina Force Panthers, put on a great show Friday night. Just fell a little short, overtime loss. Now they've got to re do some things what's kind of the mindset and and I know I spend a lot of time during the week I have that opportunity towards the evening to go over to the school that I covered do you have an opportunity Brandon to go over there and hang out at Carolina Forest and if you do what type of attitude did they have or have they had the last couple of days as they get ready for a game at one point they thought maybe they'd go in and just handle business and bring their lunch bell back with them but it looks like they're gonna have to open it up and, and, and go to work a little bit come Friday night
4: yeah, I haven't had much time to uh get over to practice this week, but uh, you know, I think the mindset and, and this is definitely something I'm going to ask uh, you know, coach Morris one you know, pre-game on on Friday is this is this is a game like you mentioned went from, you know, probably not necessarily a tune-up game because, you know, even even well, with a win over Sumter it would have pretty much guaranteed them being in, in the first spot. But now, especially now this game becomes so much more important. This game is pretty much the make or break game for the season. And, you know, I, I'm I'm sure the the tension is a little higher at practice and whatnot. Uh but Coach Morris will have them ready to go and, and he'll definitely uh They'll they'll be ready to play now. What makes it even a little what makes it even harder is the fact that they have to travel to Soccisky. This is an away game. Right. Obviously, this year with everything going on, the crowd is taken out of it a little bit, but it's still right. an away game, uh, and it's only it, it's only there. This is one of only two. The Sumter being the other one, unless they get another opponent for the thirtieth. Those are the only two away games for this team this season. So they don't really have that ability to get their feet, you know, under them on away games. Uh, so they're they're going to have to fight and they're going to have to, you know, get themselves back in shape in, in order to win this one. But I, I think they can certainly do it.
3: And that, of course, coming from the guy who is the voice right there with the Carolina Force Panthers. As they get ready to travel to Sockesley, we'll have Sockesley's head coach, Coach Hampton, coming here at 7 o'clock. He's got a player joining us at 7.15. Going to be a good night for football here on the broadcast tonight. Brandon, uh, there was other football games, of course, happening around the grand strand. I want to kind of cover this uh, during this segment with you. Uh, Tell me a little bit other than Sokesty upsetting. And and again, that was a, an upset, you know, for, for many, definitely those at Conway as they lost. And I got to tell you, I was told that that last touchdown was scored at the end, which usually means there were some backup guys in there. So it was a little worse than it looked from the scoreboard side of Mm -hmm. things. And that's understandable, but then you lose at home. That makes it even harder, but other than Sokesty, Conway, Sumter, Carolina Force. We know Myrtle Beach was in action. North Myrtle Beach was in action. Give me a breakdown of what happened on the Grand Strand, buddy.
4: Yeah, um North Myrtle Beach dominated Wilson, thirty eight nothing at Wilson. Uh the probably the biggest surprise, and and we talked about it last week. I talked about it on my show. I think you and I talked about it uh on Thursday as well. The big matchup this week that going into it was very much, okay, you know, is is West Florence for real or is Myrtle Beach still the cream of the crop in Region 6? We got our answer pretty quickly in that one because Myrtle Beach has absolutely dominated West Florence 51-14. So the the big matchup uh, for that region, for me, now moving forward, now that... uh, you know, these two teams are the only two teams that have win or have a uh, perfect records thus far. Is going to be on that last weekend, that last week, November sixth, Myrtle Beach, North Myrtle Beach, at North Myrtle. That's gonna be a fun one, uh, you know. Going going forward, uh, Saint James, Saint James ha- had that classic five a versus one a matchup, and hey Lamar for being a one a going on the road to a five a they put up a battle it was twenty to twelve Saint so James pulled it out, but you know that's uh that's one that you know saint Saint James fans are probably happy that they got out of that one uh alive um O- over in three A, you know, you've got uh, Loris uh, well actually, Loris had an open week this week, or no, excuse me, uh, was reading the wrong week. Uh, Loris beat Georgetown nineteen thirteen, uh, to keep their undefeated record. Uh, and Georgetown, you know, Georgetown's kind of in a rebuilding stage at this point, so. Uh, but Dylan had an open week. They played they play Waccamaw at Waccamaw this week uh and Anor beat Waccamaw 38-14 uh the this past week so you know some some good action around the Grand Strand and a lot of good teams a lot of teams that are getting you know looked there around the state I think um I saw yes I I saw um either yesterday or the day before I think it well it had to have been yesterday uh right. with the with the code with the uh, media poll coming out like this is the this is the first time since last year um this is the most amount of teams on the grand strand in the state polls um around the re- you know around each classification uh since the end World of last year Yeah, no doubt. Well, that's a good
3: thing. Let's talk about the top ten. We'll start off in 1A, top ten action around the great state of South Carolina, the Palmetto State here. Number one is Lakeview. Number two is Lamar. Number three is Southside Christian. There's Green Sea Floyds at number four. Blackville Hilda at number five. Well Branch at number six. Bamberg Earhart hanging out at number 7. Number 8 is Wagner Sally. Number 9 is Rich Springs Moneta. Number 10 is Carver's Bay. Look at Carver's Bay getting in there, getting some love. Up in the top 2A. Top 10 we go. Abbeville, the big A is hanging out at number 1 with the Wool Horses of Barnwell. Number 2, Gray Collegiate keeps rolling and they are number 3. How about Newberry? The bugs are at number 4. The Well, Sherrod Chiefs, I believe, number five. Number six is Timberland. Number seven, Saluda. Remember, they won this classification last year. Chesney at number eight. Number nine is Bletsburg-Leesville. Number 10 is Wade Hampton. Getting up to number 3A in the state of South Carolina, the top ten. Of course, uh, Dillon, those Wildcats are going to continue to do what they do. Chapman, the winners last year of 3A, they are at number two. Daniel at number three, Camden at number four, Chester at number five. Coming in at number six, you've got Gilbert. It's a tie at number seven with Wren and Belton Honeypath. I don't know how they do a tie. I mean, there's no tie in football, but that's what they got. Number nine is Ocean Side Collegiate. They win a big one. It was our game of the week down here in the low country. Coach Call did what he needed to do, and the Bull Shark and the Land Sharks landed themselves a big win, and now are in the driver's seat in that region. Number 10, Ainer. You just mentioned them. There they are. Number 10. Back up to 4A we go. One, Myrtle Beach. No surprise there. South Point. That might be a pretty good little matchup there. We've had their head coach right here on Southern Sports Central. They're at number two. Greenville. We had their head coach, by the way, Monday night. He was hanging out with us right here on Southern Sports Central. They're at number three. AC Floor. Number four, North Myrtle Beach. Number five, Westside. Yep. Got their coach on tonight, by the way, and a quarterback. They're at number six. Greer, number seven. Buford. Oh, man, watch out for those cats. They're good. They're at number eight. Greenwood with the big G, number nine. And West Florence, after losing to Myrtle Beach, they only fall down to number 10. And then we go to Power 5. 5A football in the state of South Carolina. The big boys, Dutch Forks, sitting there at number one. You got to beat them. You want them out of your way. Fort Dorchester climbs up a few after a big win on Friday night. We've already documented, and I'm sure we'll talk a little bit with uh, David here in a little bit. I'm sure he'll mention some of that as well. Gassney they come in at number three. Dorman at number four. Watch out for the Rebels of Burns. They are a sneak peek in the Upstate. They're a team that ain't nobody talking about, but us. But we're talking about them because we feel like they got something to say when it comes to the top three. In the upstate, number six is Sumter. The Gamecocks, we just mentioned, find a way to win. Good teams do that. They're at number six. Number seven, stinging you all the way. T.L. Hanna hanging out right there. The Gators of Goose Creek. How about that? They're at number eight. The only loss they have is to the fort. They continue to roll. Northwestern, watch out. Number nine in Carolina Forest. Even though you lose to a top ten team in the state, which, by the way, eight and ten have done, they get a lot of respect, and so is number four. Remember, they lost to Gaffney earlier a few weeks ago. Are you surprised at any of the top tens there when it comes down to it, Brandon? Uh, the only one that
4: I'd say was kind of a surprise, but I I, I kind of understand it considering how both teams won, was the fact that Gaffney and Fort Dorchester flipped uh, two and three. Uh, but, you know, I, I can understand it uh, because – Daphne had to fight a, uh, you know, they had a nail-butter against Nation Ford this week uh, right. as compared to how Fort Dorchester completely obliterated Saul. Mm. Um, so, outside of that, I mean, um, I'm a little surprised. Um, I'm trying to remember. Is River Bluff still ranked?
3: River Bluff as far as, they're 5A, right? Or is that 4A? Yeah. Okay, they're not in the top five, or top ten,
4: Okay, me. They, they did not get... River Bluff played, um, if I'm not
3: mistaken, didn't they play Dutch fourth, and they had they their very Dutch first Forth. game?
4: Yeah, they got beat. Yeah. They got
3: beat like 42-7, yes, yeah. but at halftime it was yeah. a hell of a yeah. ball game. Yeah, but then yeah. you got to remember
4: now, River Bluff's uh, only played one game. Um, <laughs> but, so, you know, I, outside of that, I'm not too surprised. I'm a little surprised at the fact that West Lawrence is... Still ranked. I mean, yes, they're playing. Myr- they were playing Myrtle Beach,
5: but it's right.
4: not like what happened with Carolina Forest, with, where they played Sumter right down to the wire and got them into overtime. They yeah, got that- obliterated by Myrtle. But so Beach.
3: did Goose Creek, though. Goose Creek came into Fort Norchester. The-, the fort had their second string in by third quarter. If that tells you anything. It was nowhere near the 52 to 15 or whatever it was final there. So they're giving a lot of respect. It wasn't like what you saw with Carolina Force of Sumter or like it was Gaffney and Dorman. It was just a literally, right? Two points or three points away from a win or a loss there. No, they were blowouts. They were blowouts. So they're definitely giving, I don't know, maybe they're, again, and I say this to kids all the time when you beat a kid or a team that bad, don't tell you, don't, don't go around town telling everybody how bad they are because you dumb down that win. We have that conversation a lot of times, but for me, I'm I'm not surprised that they didn't drop them after watching what happened when, when, when Goose Creek didn't fall out of the top 10 after getting handled pretty, pretty, pretty significantly. And again, all due respect, Goose Creek's a great team. Goose Creek's got some ballers. They're going to continue to to get better week after week. They'll be in the playoffs. I I really feel like it's Berkeley and Goose Creek's region over there on that side of the world. I, I don't doubt that at all, but, but I, but I think that, that 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 there are certain teams like Fort Dorchester, like Dutch Fork, like Gaffney, like Dorman, like Burns that are just that much better. And, and again, I'm not saying that Carolina Forest and Sumter's not there yet, but I want to see Carolina Forest get that signature win. And maybe they win big at Saxey on Homecoming night, Friday night. I know we got a lot of Saxey Braves listening because their head ball coach is coming on at seven. My alumni getting ready to represent. But uh, again what is it, what has to happen for Carolina force to, to maintain that respect? Because again, you're still in the top 10, even though you're at 10, 10 Mm -hmm. is still a good
4: number to be at. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, you know, the fact that they played Sumter. I mean, I, I, a lot of people, especially you and I were talking about it uh, last week, we kind of, you know, even with how well you know how good Sumter looks on paper, and you know how Carolina Forest was, how we thought they were going to be coming into the season, we both expected this game to be a close one, and it did end up being a very close one. So I think I think the fact that Carolina Forest played the way that a lot of people expected them to play, and the right. fact that it was just you know a couple of turnovers is basically what determine that outcome is what caused them to still be viewed as a top 10 team because you know you're playing up against one of the top teams in the state in Sumter you're playing against that high-powered defensive line and defensive front seven so you know you're you're kind of gonna you're gonna expect what you saw to an extent Last week, and as a result of that, you know Carolina Forest is still going to get that respect. And like I mentioned, this week is now the real test because now it is okay. This is a team that, on paper, and looking at it, you know, when we looked at it a couple of weeks ago and looked at it at the beginning of the season, we said Carolina Forest should be able to beat State, But okay. now you have after having such a heartbreaking loss. You know, you ask coaches all the time, what would you rather have? Would you rather have a blowout loss or would you rather have a a loss that comes right down to the wire and you have it in your hands and then you lose it? A lot of coaches will say they'd rather have the blowout loss. So this, you know, Coach Morris really needs to get this team focused and say, okay, yes, we had a heartbreaker last week, but now we have to move forward and focus on soccer and and we need to get this w otherwise especially this year our playoff chances are going down the drain and going down the drain quickly
3: yeah no doubt about it now let's talk about some breaking news as we will uh, kind of turn a little bit here for the next couple of minutes it was uh mentioned uh, not long ago matter of fact over uh, about maybe 30 minutes ago about Alabama, and that is their head coach. Early this afternoon, received notification that Coach Nick Saban and the AD Greg Byrne tested positive for COVID nineteen. Both immediately left the facility and went to their homes to be self isolated after receiving that information. We'll wait and we'll catch you up to date with more as uh, we, uh, we we kind of get the news that's coming out. And again, you know, guys, listen. It, We got to do the best that we can do. We want to maintain Friday night lights. We want to see Saturday showdowns. We want to watch Sunday tickets. We want to do all of that stuff. So we got to continue to do what we need to do. Just because you can do it don't mean you need to do it. In the state of South Carolina, they're opening up full capacity in restaurants. Look here. Settle down. It'll be there in January. Take turns. Rotate. Do whatever you got to do. But we need to do what we're doing here. This Friday night football has to become a system that we continue to get and get and get because these young athletes, this is their ticket out of here. Right. Let's just be honest here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some other breaking news coming out uh, personally here in the low countryside, Uh, got home from Friday night and uh, you know, I get done. Gosh, dog, I've been doing radio on Friday nights for a long time. And a lot of that is was over at Somerville uh, where I, uh, I stepped down from that position last year at the end of the year. and, and, And now I'm over at Fort and, and blessed to have the, the family I'm around over there. But I don't forget. I don't forget the family that I made when I was over at Somerville. I come home Friday night. I get a phone call Saturday morning. A young man, Dallas White, class of uh, 2017, was shot and killed. My thoughts and my hearts and prayers continue to go with the family. Um, you know, I did not mention this on Monday night uh, because of the fact that I wanted more information to get out. But I will play a song and uh, something that, that is very touching. You know, for us guys that call the games on Friday nights, we're not just there on Fridays. Most of us are there on Saturdays, Sundays, Mondays, Tuesdays, and all throughout that week because we have to get to know these young men. We get to know their families. There's stories that you never hear on the air that we always hear because we're there. You know, these are not just men that we get to yell their names when they score six, kick in three, or get a pancake or a sack. Ladies and gentlemen, these are families that we will continue to love on forever. And when I got the phone call from this number five, a special number at Somerville, for many reasons, now more than ever, where his life was taken way too early. Guys, I don't know what we have to do, but violence is never the answer. Could care less why. Gun violence is never acceptable. I don't care what happens. Guys, I got to be honest with you. I've got a heavy heart on this show tonight. I'll pay my respects to him and his family tomorrow, along with a lot of others who loved him all the way to the final days that the Lord above called him home. I ask that you join us in a moment of silence and that you ask ask for some help here, that God can step in, that he can give those who are struggling without a, a clear mind that, remember, it's one thing that you do that will control and destroy the rest of your life. And with that, we'll be right back with this moment of silence. Coming up, it will be, of course, the man, David Shelton. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Yelman here alongside Brandon Biscobing, coming to you live from the studios right here in the Factory Sports and Fitness Training Studios. Let me bring in our guest for 630, and he's always right here on time. Today it's Wednesday, and that is David Sheldon. What's going on, Mr. David? How's life on the uh, low country side for you, my friend?
6: It's going okay. Beautiful day. Man, it was nice today.
3: You know my Dodgers, and I am a Dodgers fan. (laughs) We've scored more points today that I think we scored in the two days that we played. You, I think you're a Braves fan, right? Is that fair to say?
6: <laughs> uh, Braves and Yankees, yeah. So I'm I'm uh I'm I'm halfway happy, but not happy today. But I had a feeling Kyle Wright would be a problem. I I, I wasn't sold on him. I thought he was living on borrowed time, and turns out I was right. <laughs> I think the Dodgers will win this series. Honestly, I I, I mean they got Kershaw mm-hmm. tomorrow. They'll even it up. They've got deeper pitching, you know. Uh right. I mean um Anderson and um uh the guy that's through the first game, Freed. Um uh, mm. they're gonna have to go on short rest and I, I I mean maybe they can battle, but Braves are gonna have to score some runs now.
3: You think anybody's told them not to throw the ball to Freeman? I mean, my God, they threw him a meat pitch yesterday. He cranked one out the day before. I mean, I would never throw within a zip code of this guy.
6: Yeah, it had to be a lot of off speed stuff. <laughs> he'd have he'd have to hit something off the strike zone out of the park. He's gonna hit one out on me. Ooh.
3: man! I tell you what, man! I tell but you, but he this, it, hit it, one out on me. I'm fifty. I'm fifty-four <laughs> years old. My pitching days are over. Yeah, you would actually. You and I would be excited. Hey, look, man! You would never believe who hit a home against me. Yeah, Freeman. y'all yeah, he cranked <laughs> it out, dude. He <laughs> Yeah, I just looked and saw they're up seven, nothing here. Uh, some other news before we talk high school football, Nick Saban, I saw this about 30 minutes ago. We talked about it before we went off the air. Are you surprised to start to see some of this stuff now starting to filter towards some of these coaches? We saw Florida state had it. Now Nick Saban's dealing with it, I guess, in the AD. What's your thoughts on some of this language that's not going around in the SEC?
6: Well, I mean, I, I mean, I think it's, it was inevitable. Um, you know, the virus is still out there and, uh, you know, I mean, that's weird because Saban was, every time I saw him, was wearing a mask. And I thought you weren't supposed to get it if you're wearing a mask. But uh, right. apparently, he didn't have a mask all the time. And uh, But whatever. I mean, people mm-hmm. are going to get it. You just, uh, you know, and everybody's going to react differently. I, I know someone personally that, that uh, got it and was never even sick and tested mm. a week later and was fine. You know, so uh, it just reacts differently. I mean, Saban is a little older, uh, but he's very healthy. So, uh, you know,
3: I'm I'm sure he'll, you know, pray that he'll be okay. We know some uh, some of us that are close that have family members that are not in great shape tonight. So our thoughts and prayers for anybody that's dealing with this situation. Again, you know, it's, uh, it's a hard thing to kind of understand because it affects all of us differently. And, David, I kind of say you don't know until you know, right? You don't know what's going on internally till you have something attack you like that, and it attacks your immune system a different way. We don't have a clue like we do, I guess, about the flu. But uh, that being said, you know, uh, let's talk some football, man. Friday Night Lights, we'll cut back on here in about 48 hours, and we'll have some new conversation. One of that will be the West Ashley-Fort Norchester game. But before we get there and a few other games, you know, what were some of the big shockers coming out of uh, this fa- this past weekend for you guys?
6: Uh, I don't know. That, I don't know that there were any major shockers, to be honest with you. I mean, there were some games that that were closer than, um, you know, like the Somerville West Ashley game. I, I don't know if they got a hundred yards between the two teams. Um, I, I didn't see that. I mean, I I saw a little more than three points being scored in that game, um, but I mean, Somerville only got like sixty-five yards total offense. Uh, West Ashley didn't have much more than that but they did move the ball a little bit better um so maybe those two defenses are really good or 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 vice versa maybe the offenses aren't aren't that good but but there were no uh you know maybe Stratford uh, pulling up that overtime win against Wando I mean I thought Wando might win that game um but uh not not a not a lot of uh what I would call major upsets I I think it went kind of according to plan probably by most people
3: We're live right now with the man with the plan. Of course, he's the guru here in the Low Country when it comes to Friday Night Lights. You can find him with a posting courier. He's a beat writer for Charleston Southern and writes for the High School Sports Report, along does a lot of other things around the Low Country and around the state of South Carolina with Friday Night Lights. Now, that being said, we got some big games coming up uh, this week. West Ashley and Fort Chester. uh, Do do you feel like there's any chance that this game could be a close game, or do you feel like the Fort's just – and you've said this before, so I'm sure you're going to echo it a little bit. But is the Fort just that much deeper than everybody else around, at least the Low Country?
6: Yeah, yeah. They're they're this this game. Um, I mean, I, I've said this. If Fort plays poorly and turns the ball over and, and things like that, somebody could could sneak up on them. But when they show up and play, uh, I mean, they should beat West Ashley. They're they're a more established program. They have better players. They're deeper. Uh, that defense is legit, and uh, you know if West Ashley couldn't score on Somerville, uh, they're going to better. They're going to have to hit some big plays to score on Fort because they're not going to drive the ball down and, and score on them. So, you know, I think Port will win that game comfortably. Um, and uh, and and honestly, I think they're going to win every game in the regular season fairly comfortably.
3: Now, when we stay in that region, David, you see another team that you just talked about, Somerville. They'll be playing Ashley Ridge. I believe it's in Somerville for some reason. I got a feeling that's where it's at. That's a rivalry within its own self because it's the last school that kind of separated, did their own thing over there on that side of Dorchester County. But Ashley Ridge has a chance to kind of spoil the fun for the green wave because if they find a way to beat Somerville, that's going to make things a little sticky you know, for everybody with West Ashley, Fort Dorchester, but if Fort West Ashley, Somerville beats Ashley Ridge, it's a locked-up situation, at least for the one-twos. They'll play for that position the following week. What's your thoughts on that Somerville-Ashley Ridge matchup coming up on Friday night?
6: Well, I, I saw Ashley Ridge against Berkeley, and, and, and they're such slow starters. And, and I, I, you know, I, I don't think Somerville offensively is as explosive as what Ashley Ridge has played so far, you know the Berkleys and the, and the Fort Dorchester's. So I don't think Somerville's is going to run away with this game, which gives Ashley Ridge a chance. I think Somerville's the better team, having seen them both. Uh, I think they they're more experienced in some areas, uh, but Somerville's got to find a way to to get some offense. I mean, you know, discounting the stall game, they they've scored uh, two touchdowns. In three games, I—I I mean, not counting stall, but uh, when they played a fairly decent opponent, they've had trouble moving the football. Ashley Ridge defense has not been good. Um, I saw them against Berkeley, and Berkeley kind of did what they wanted with them. Uh, won won that game comfortably, and uh, but Somerville could be had if they don't if they don't get a little more consistent on offense. Ashley Ridge has got a little bit enough on offense, you know, with with Troy Granite running back and. Connor Black at quarterback, they they could make this game interesting. But I think Somerville's better, and I, I think they should win the game. But, yeah, to answer your question, I, I think it could be, you know, a little closer than, than most people think.
3: Talking right now with David Shelton, prep writer for the person Courier's Charleston Southern, beat writer, and he writes over there for the High School Sports Report and along with many other publications and, of course, radio shows throughout the state of South Carolina. Now, let's head over to Region 75A. We talked about, I tell you, the team that's a shocker to me is Denny over there with what you're seeing him now getting not one but two pretty signature wins, right? You beat Somerville to open. A couple weeks later, you find a way to beat Wando, But but what is... This region looking like over there in, in that 7-5A with Berkeley, Goose Creek, and Stratford seems to be a, the three-headed monsters fighting for that 1-2 spot.
6: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think it's Goose Creek and Berkeley. I think they're clearly the best teams. Stratford still has to play Berkeley Friday night and then play Goose Creek. So, I mean, I mean they're not going to be favored in either one of those games. Um, getting a win over Wando was good, and it has to help the confidence after getting just manhandled by Cane Bay. But uh, Berkeley is going to be the best team they've played yet. They'll be a different animal. Offensively, they're pretty good. And their defense is not big, but they fly around. Good secondary, uh, very physical. I think, uh, you know, I I don't see Stratford beating Berkeley. I don't see Stratford beating Goose Creek. Uh, You know, I don't see them as a playoff team. Maybe if it was four teams as as before, maybe. But, uh, you know, it was a nice win over Wando because I – Thought Wando would win that game, but uh, I definitely feel like Berkeley will beat Stratford
3: on Friday night. We'll continue here. Let's move down one classification. Of course, a guy over there at James Island picks up his first win against a team that uh, we know a little bit about as well, Colleton County. Of course, James Island has uh, well, Coach McCoy picks up that big signature win, and there are not many four A teams around our area. We're very heavy in other classifications, but. Tell me your thoughts of uh, what did that do for that program over there on James Island for him to finally get that first elusive win. David heading in now to another week, and and I believe it's it's a tough task. As if I'm not mistaken, uh, if I for some reason I want to say Buford's next on the schedule for James Island, which is a very tough team because they're already coming in at two and zero.
6: Yeah, it was huge for James Island to get that win because I think it helps their confidence. Um, their defense is playing. Pretty darn well. Um, they're they're doing some good things, and and I think had they lost to Colleton County, I think there was a potential for for them to kind of, I don't want to say fold or tank it, but but it would have been very difficult the rest of the way. So they needed to get that win. Collin was a pretty decent team, and they they won that game you know pretty decisively. I mean, they still got to play Beaufort. Beaufort beat May River the other night. I think James still still got to play Hilton Head. So mm. you know. You don't want to go winless, so you needed that win and because uh, and, Buford and Hilton Head are going, are going to be big challenges for him.
3: Yeah, that's going to be an interesting conversation going forward as he'll continue to build on uh, at least getting a foundation, getting uh, some type of uh, culture over there on James Island. Now, we look over at a game in a region that, that you were at, actually, the Oceanside-Hanahan. Man, did it live up to the fireworks? Art puts up seven. Joe call and those uh, land sharks answered back pretty quickly and win the game to improve to three and oh coach uh, over there, of course, coach Craig finishes off and now is at two and one what's your what's your take in that big Friday night game that you were at i think I think uh,
6: Timlin, I mean Hanahan just doesn't have uh, they don't have enough horses yet they're they're playing a lot of guys both ways, um, and they just kind of wore down I think Oceanside with that big old offensive line. They finally got going with the running game. I think they were trying to be too cute early, throwing the ball around and dropping passes, and you know it just wasn't working. But but they settled in late second quarter and ended the third quarter with that running game and that offensive line just wore Hanahan down. Again, Hanahan's playing guys both sides, and and it it, it was it was tough, um, and especially when you got them three hundred pounders leaning on you every play and uh and, you know they broke the big run. Uh, Oceanside's a better team. It was it was competitive for you know a half or a little bit more than a half. But but I mean Timberland didn't get a first down in the second half. Like nothing. Uh, I don't think they had 30 yards in the second half total in law, on offense. So it became a game dominated by Oceanside with that big offensive line. They gotta they gotta get their passing game going. Um, it's it's not there and that's unusual to say, but. They, they're they dropping balls and don't really have that game-breaker receiver like they've had in the past years. Uh, I think Kepley's a good enough quarterback to make, to make some plays. But, I mean, Oceanside's going to win with running the football and playing defense. Their defense has been outstanding. And uh, they fly around, and I was talking to Joe Call yesterday. They don't have a senior on that defensive unit. They're all underclassmen, so – you know, Willie offers a new coordinate over there. He's got them playing loose and playing fast, and they're all going to be back next year. I really think 2021 could be a really good year for Oceanside.
3: Yeah, Joe's mentioned that class a few times with me as well, so I'm kind of excited. Now, do you kind of feel like it's it, it's a one-two, pretty much a closed-up deal, Oceanside? probably wins out this region, which puts Joe and those land sharks in great position over there playing at the Citadel backyard where he knows from his college days, but you know, they will host up until their games, if they can win through till they go to the championship game. But, but what do you like about anybody else in that region? Or you think it's pretty much just a top heavy region?
6: Oh, it's, it's them and Hanahan. I mean, Hanahan's got to play Bishop England, the winner that will be, the second place team in that league and, and go to the playoffs. I think Hanahan can beat Bishop England um, but Bishop England had a good a good solid performance against Battery creek. They got their win they they opened with oceanside and and uh, took a pumping. but uh, I think Oceanside, you know clearly the best team and the most experienced team in that in that region and and but to be honest it's hard to it's hard to imagine how far they will go. I mean I could see them winning the first round. Um and, and, and maybe two rounds, I don't see them as a as a in three A as a legitimate, you know, they're not a Dillon uh Camden. They're 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 not at that level. But uh now they could be if they they get that throwing game going a little bit, but right now it, it's not. It's under fifty percent completions and uh like I said the other night, they, they dropped four or five balls in the first quarter. It could have made that game different. But uh but when you go up against a Dillon or Camden, you know, some of those three A powers in the lower state. Uh, you got to be able to do both. You just can't. I mean, nobody's going to line up and just run the ball down Dylan's throat. Uh, you got to be able to throw the ball, and you got to be able to stop the other team
3: too. No doubt. Now let's look at another region here as we're going to go down, of course, to the 2A, where that's where uh, that Landshark team used to play in over there, and that is Region 6 2A, Timberland, Woodland, Phillips-Simmons, the top three dogs over there. But it was a Woodland-Phillips-Simmons matchup over on the Phillips-Simmons side. and Of course, Phillips-Simmons coming in undefeated for the first time in their young life span of football. But Woodland bounces back after getting pretty hit hard against Abbeyville. They find a way to win and win then style against Phillip Simmons. Timberland of course still undefeated. What do you like in this region, David? And do they have anybody here that's going to be talking late lifespan in the playoffs?
6: Yeah, Timberland's got that potential. I think Timberland's the best team and I, I I'm not surprised Woodland beat Philip Simmons. I thought it might be a little closer, but uh Phillip Simmons for his for his positive experience they've had, and they're not ready for prime time quite yet. Uh, and, and Woodland was a, was a team that, that could expose them in some areas and did threw the ball pretty well against them. They will try to do that against Timberland, uh, but I think it'll be much harder against Timberland for them to do that. And I, I, I really believe Timberland has a team in the lower state. You know, they got a freshman quarterback, and if he could just keep them in the game and not make the big mistake. Um, they're really good on defense. Their linebacker, Jenkins, is a sophomore. He is a flat-out stud. They got two linemen, McKinney and Moultrie, that are studs. Their defense is really good. Um, so I think with that defense, uh, if the freshman quarterback can can manage it, uh, they could go deep in the playoffs. I really believe they could.
3: Now we got to look around, and we don't talk a lot about that 7A over there with Well Branch. That's down there in the lower part of the Low Country. They're winning, man. I tell you, what a special group of kids down there. Baptist Hill, we know a little bit about. They're two and one. Cross. You know uh, their head coach loses his father, which uh, you know that's that was a breaking news. I think you might have been the one that had said it to us on Thursday night when you were on the radio with us. But when, when you start to kind of uh, look at this region, what do we know about this region? And you know, cross in the past, they they've shown that they can do things, but it looks like Well Branch is kind of leading the way.
6: Yeah, Baptist Hill beat Cross in that triple overtime game, and then and then Well Branch came down and beat Baptist Hill in a close game Friday night. So. Whale well Branch plays cross this week uh can wrap up the region title that would send cross to a second loss in the region and pretty much put Baptist Hill in the playoffs if cross could pull the upset if and they're 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 capable um I mean they had that game against Baptist Hill one they had a two touchdown lead in the fourth quarter and let it get away but if they if they could beat Whale well Branch, that would be a three way tie, and uh that would be either way. No matter what happens, one pretty dang good team is going to get left out because all three of those teams are playoff worthy and and capable of you know making a good run. But uh, but uh, cross, you know maybe they'll rally around their coach and um, and I mean they're gonna they're gonna play Well Branch tough. I mean I I, I can guarantee you that Cross is not gonna lay down. So uh, you know it would not shock me if Cross beat Well Branch. I'm not saying it'll happen, but it it would not be a wow because I just think Cross is good enough to beat well branch just as Baptist Hill was. But, but I mean, well, branch is good. No, don't get me wrong. They're pretty dang good.
3: Live right now with David Shelton covers it all for the post and courier wrapping up here on a beautiful Wednesday night, getting ready for some JV and B team action tomorrow night. Uh, David, are there any big games tomorrow night? I know some teams around the state moved, but is this the first Thursday night? We're not going to see some some action on the varsity side, do you know?
6: I, I know a couple of not, – not in the local area. I know a couple of games have been moved um, to Thursday. Sherwall North Central is a pretty big game up there. Uh, that's going to be played tomorrow night because of, you know, the possibility of bad weather. And poor Sherwall, you know, they played their opener, and then their next two opponents had covid so they have not played in three weeks, and they were immediately anxious to move that game to Thursday when they heard it might sprinkle on Friday. Because Coach Andy Poole told me yesterday, he said, "There is no way we are going to miss a third week, you know." And so we got to play this game on Thursday. We're going to play it, and that's exactly what they scheduled to do. And I, I think Johnsonville and um, I think Johnsonville and whoever Johnsonville's playing is going to play tomorrow night. Um, because of the weather. I don't think it's supposed to rain bad, but, you know, a lot of people want to make sure they get that game in. And uh, But locally, I have not heard of
3: anyone that is going to play Thursday, which,
6: you know, it's kind of disappointing because it gives me something to do on a Thursday night.
3: <laughs> yeah, V's calling your name somewhere, I'm afraid, if not Matt's Burgers. But they I, don't see that <laughs> I don't see that happening. I don't see that happening oh man i love it i tell you what is happening how about johnny waters over there man they've got a category five talk about rain man it's raining w's over on james island at the uh with the hurricanes and first Baptist. those guys pick up a massive win i mean winning it by one but it was a lot bigger than the one point win against hammond who hadn't lost the game in forever man what's your thoughts on 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 a team like that and skis are they kind of the big dogs in the state not just here in the low country
6: well, they are for for the time being uh they'll have to they'll have to see Hammond again, probably in the state finals and uh, Hammond will be at full strength uh c j Stokes a good running back getting play that night and and Hammond turned the ball over seven times. I don't think you can count on that to to be a normal, right.
7: but I tell you what first
6: five is that's a huge win. they have confidence uh they know they can beat Hammond with or without c j Stokes. You know they lost their running back first. Baptist lost Davian Brown in early in the first quarter. So, um, mm. but that defense has been that defense has been really good at first. Baptist probably the best defense they've ever had. And um, and you know I, I, you know it's one thing to, to, to say you know Hammond didn't have their best player, but they still held them to one touchdown. And that usually Hammond is not a one player team. Usually they they have so much depth. Um, so they obviously really miss CJ, but uh, this defense at 1st Baptist, just they score touchdowns a lot. Mikey Blandon at, defense, at linebacker is is averaging about 20 tackles a game, and and I you know you kind of laugh at that and you go okay whatever, but you go look at the film, the guy is the guy is around the football on every snap. It, it is amazing. Uh, people just don't even block him. I mean, if I'm playing. First Baptist, I'm like, okay, you two, you two guys, you know where that guy is at all time, and you just put a hand on. Somebody else got to make a tackle, but he's not a one man show. Now they they came Moses a good linebacker, and they got Ramon Kelly in the secondary. They're a good team, Uh but I'm man, Blandon is having one heck of a football season.
3: Now, there's uh, two other teams before I get you out of here, and then I'm going to find out where you're going to be out on Friday night. But you got to give a lot of love to St. John's Christian. They're in Class A over there in the skis. They're also 7-0. and And, uh, of course, it looks like Palmetto Christian also doing big things in eight-man football. They're 6-1. and What do we know about these two teams that, that normally we don't get a lot of love on them? But tonight, let's do that. Well, both
6: both those schools have really good quarterbacks. Uh, St. John's they Ryan Booker. Is a really big, strong, physical kid that can throw it and run it, and uh, they're really good on offense. I tell you, they're they're gonna they're gonna contend for a state title. They lost in the eight man finals last year, moved up to eleven man. Uh, they're they're gonna be they're gonna be near the end, if not in the finals, and, and they're gonna they're gonna contend. Uh, I mean, Thomas Hayward's still the team in Class A to beat, but uh, but St. John's is gonna is gonna make their run. You know, Palmetto is playing eight man, and they're. They're not even eligible for the playoffs, so they're kind of they're kind of playing, uh, you know, just a regular season. And uh, they've also got a good quarterback in Con- uh, Carson Rourke. so or uh, it might be Connor. There's twins, and I get them mixed up. One plays linebacker, and one plays quarterback. But they're good players. Um, but you know, unfortunately, they're not going to be in the playoffs. So they're just playing for the regular season. And um, and but they're pretty good, pretty good football team for eight man in that eight man league, definitely.
3: Now where oh where do we find the man the myth and the legend on Friday night? What's the game of the week for you, buddy?
6: I think I think I'm going to Stratford Berkeley. Um, I think because that that game holds some playoff significance. Obviously, if Stratford wins, um, they would play Goose Creek for the region title at some point. And if Berkeley wins, that kind of closes the deal. I mean that that is pretty much Goose Creek and uh, Berkeley. And uh, so I, I think you know there's not a lot of great matchups, not a lot of great games of of high interest in the area. Uh, Wando Goose Creek, you know, could be close, but I I don't think I don't think Wando is going to beat Goose Creek, and I, I don't think West Ashley is going to beat Port. Um, the somerville Ashley Ridge game, you know, it's a rivalry, has some interest, but uh, that Crosswell Branch game will be one that people be keeping an eye on as well.
3: A lot of scoreboard watching. Uh, how do they find you, David? How do they keep up with you, man? And what's happening over there at the post as you guys continue to keep us up to date on all the stats and scores and headlines, buddy?
6: Well, I think I think the best way to find me is on Twitter. Uh, I spend way too much time on Twitter and uh, like I think we all do, but I do a lot more reading lately than I do posting because I like to read what other people say. Every once in a while, I'll, I'll get on there and start an argument or whatever, but uh, it's at DShelton66 uh, at, at the Twitter, and um, that's where you can find me mostly. And uh, My stuff is read at uh, com.
3: Well, man, I know you give a lot of hours late nights. Of course, you're up on the uh, station in Columbia after it's all said and done, and I don't even know if you sleep on the weekends, man, because I wake up and there's always a gift on my phone, thanks to you guys over there and all that you and, of course, Jeff, and a lot of you guys do what you do, man, but I appreciate Your time tonight, and I look forward to catching up with you at a stadium or right here next week. Okay, Ricky. Y'all take care. Always a pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, I tell you what, there aren't anybody, anybody better than that guy right there. I owe him a dinner. I know I got to carry him to math. That's a given, a gift, and uh, a realization. And I do want to thank him for his time, as he always is ready, willing, and able, be it Thursday, or now we're back here on Wednesdays. He jumps in here with me. He talks to me, hangs out. And that, of course, is David Shelton. You can find him at D. Shelton, 66. He's a prep writer for the Post and Courier, Charleston Southern beat writer, writer for the High School Sports Report. And I got to tell you something, he knows it. If it's happening, he's already on top of it. We're going to take a quick one. It ain't going to be a long break, but it will definitely be a break indeed. We'll be right back. Top of the hour. The bus heading up 17. We're going to the Grand Strand with Coach Hampton for the Braves, my alumni. Checking in next, guys. Don't go anywhere. Truth can
8: hurt you, or the truth can change you. What will truth do to you?
9: I just wanna be happy, but if I keep on doing the things that keep on bringing me pain, there's no one else I can blame if I'm not happy. Wasted time, but now I can see the biggest end of me not happy, cry yourself to sleep, shout and raise your hands, it won't change a thing child.
10: and say, don't
9: you want to be happy? I yeah. yeah. just want to be happy. But if I keep on giving my heart, for people to tear apart, the healing will never stop. So I can be happy. Yes, Lord. Will I ever be happy? Cry yourself to sleep. Shout and raise your hand.
1: Don't
10: change a thing just until you understand If I'm
1: talking to you, you can say If you try to feel the same If you try to feel the same It's time for you to get out of your
10: way You've been there too long Don't
1: get stuck in how you feel Take Jesus, take the wheel He knows the wrong that you need to take I feel this one right here
3: Hey, good afternoon, everybody. I'm Richie Altman alongside Brandon Bring. We're covering it all right here on Southern Sports Central, coming to you from the Factory Sports and Fitness Training Studios. The bus is parked out there in front of my alumni, Sockers, the high school, where the Braves pick up a big win. And what's better to beat Conway? Beat them in their backyard, and they did that on Friday night. Coach Hampton, man, I tell you what, dude, good luck following that one. What a way to come in here and take over a program.
11: Well, you know, I, I'm proud of the kids, man. I My hat's off to them. They're playing with a lot of uh, intensity at a very high level right now, and, uh, you know, um, they're believing, and uh, and that's half the battle. And So we're we going to try to keep them playing hard, keep improving proving every
3: week, and uh, kind of see where we land. No doubt you landed in the W column two weeks in a row. You beat St. James just a week before this past week to take out Conway, the Tigers, anybody that's ever walked a hallway at Soxby high school tells you that game, all the games are important. No doubt. The biggest game is this weekend because it's the next game, but that last week game, Oh brother, if that didn't get you some free ice cream at Myers ice cream over there on 17 business, you tell Bruce, I sent you in there, buddy. Great job. Great win 19 seven. And I believe they scored that final seven in the final minutes of the game. But, we won't talk much about it. We, we get it, Coach. You guys put that thing to bed on uh, Saturday at midnight or Friday night at midnight. But uh, what was it like uh, for you? I know you went to Coastal. You, you know about the Conway-Soxy rivalry because you were literally in the middle of it down there, uh, down the road between two schools. But what, what was it like for you for your first experience? Now, you know, I get St. James is a newer rivalry. I don't know anything about it, but... <laughs> Conway's historical, man. What was it like for you this week coming in that hallway on Monday and and coming back on that bus ride?
11: Well, you know, I mean, our kids are very excited about it. And of course, I know the history of Conway and and Coach Jordan there, and I I talk to him quite often. But, uh, you know, it was a big win for us to go in, jump out to our early lead. You know, we take the ball, we go down and score our first drive, and and that kind of set the momentum and set the tone. And that's a lot of what we talk to our kids about. You know, let's set the tone and and see how far that takes us. And, uh, you know, it was huge. I mean, coming out, you know take over april 1st we don't get a spring ball we get very limited summer and then bam we're going to shorten the season seven games and uh here's your welcome to south carolina you start off week one with the sixth ranked team in the state in 5a week two you got your rivalry down 707 week three you get to go to the backyard in conway and now week four we're headed up to or you know we're hit, we're hosting uh the number 10 team in the state in carolina forest and and, and you know mark morris has that group rolling and uh you know, what a welcome to South Carolina there is running that gauntlet the first four games of your career. But, uh, you know, our kids are flying high. Uh, we, we got a lot of faith in what they do.
3: Uh, they're believing. And, you know, there's a,
11: a lot of positive buzz around the hallways, and that's always a good thing.
3: And, brother, there's a lot of positive buzz between the hallways and social media, and I'm helping out on my end as well because I told you when you got there, man, we were glad to have you. We welcomed you in with open arms. And you said something right off the rip that I knew you were about it in the right way. You said we got to get this culture right here. We got to get these kids. Just just believe in me. Give me time, and I'll give you some wins. And, uh, of course, you've done that. They're doing that. And I even hear some videos. I hear some music playing in the background. I think I heard some old school jams during one of your practices that uh, somebody kind of shared with me. I said, yep, they're getting it. They understand it. They're keeping them on that side of that pine tree row, if you will. That's that row that goes behind the stadium, Coach. If you can keep their minds on this side of the trees, right, I, I feel like you guys are going to have a good time. And so far, two and one. And-, and you guys, you know, before we talk about this homecoming game on Friday night against Carolina Force, another rival game, we get it. But you guys played very well against the sixth-ranked team, Sumter Gamecocks. I mean, uh, I even had their quarterback – on the air with us on monday night and he gave you and and, and all the braves over there a, a lot of positive plus he said they're a lot better than, than people are giving them credit for and they proved that on friday so for you guys to hang around in a heavyweight matchup like that coach does that kind of give you the inkling that you got some dogs over there ready to play
11: well yeah and i mean that's you know that's what we're preaching to him rich it, it's about changing the culture and you know We've changed up some things about as the way our helmets look, some of our gear and stuff, trying to pump some of that out and, and get the community involved and get people rallied around wanting to wear Socrates stuff, and it trickles down to our kids, man. We want them to be proud to wear that and Spear on their chest and, and be a part of Socrates football, and – teach them we're going to compete with anybody it doesn't matter who lines up across the across the other side of the ball from us we're going to compete and and we want our kids to understand that they belong there Uh, it doesn't matter what the outsiders say it doesn't matter what anybody says all it matters is what this group right here in the locker room thinks and if we think we can compete then we're we're going to put out a good product on Fridays and you know Great program. They're ranked sixth in the state for a reason. Mark Barnes does a heck of a job up there, and they got some. I mean, they got some dogs, and and we wanted our kids to understand they belong there, and they did. I mean, we went out and we went toe to toe for four quarters with them. Unfortunately, we didn't come out on the right end of it, but uh, I think that kind of gave a spark plug to our program and and what the foundation is we're trying to build as far as they saw, you know, and, and it was proof to them. That uh, they can compete with anybody if they just put their minds to it, focus in on what we're doing, and, and, and let's work together as one. You know, our, our thing is family over everything, and, and and you know, you know as well as anybody, a group can over, can overcome
3: a lot of things if they're banded together as one. I love it. I tell you what, I'm listening to Coach Hampton, the new coach over there at my alumni, Syracuse High School. They beat the Tigers, they beat the Sharks, and they will focus their eyes on another big game in the Panthers of Carolina Force, who will battle in there at 7.30. They're heading over to Syracuse for homecoming. What, What a way to open up homecoming there, Coach. It's probably been a heck of a week to celebrate it. But, you know, I listen to the way you talk, and there's two coaches that come to mind. One I think you played for, and that's Coach Bennett, right? David Bennett, I think you played for that guy. So, when I said dogs, I knew that would get you a little excited. But I, I kind of feel like Coach Elliott kind of comes to mind over at Georgia State. You're not one of those coaches that's over their head, butting our guys, are you, without your helmet? You seem like you're kind of electricity when it comes down to getting out of there on Friday nights.
11: Well, I'll tell you what. We do, we'll do we we'll do what we need to do to get them fired up. And <laughs> there's no telling what that might mean. But, uh, you know, we try to read the kids and read the vibe off of them. And, and, and you know, just, so you bringing up Coach Bennett brought to mind, you know, uh, one thing I learned from him at playing ball for him at Coastal is, you know, we don't say the H word. Uh, it's a special week for a lot of people, but we don't say the H word. It's another football <laughs> game for us, and it's a business trip for us, and uh, and uh, you know, we got to keep our guys focused on the task at hand, and that is uh, playing the tenth ranked team in the state and uh, and playoff implications that are on the line with this game. And uh, you know, Coach Elliott, I- I've had a chance to work a couple camps with him, and uh, you know. He's a, he's after it, man. He's after it. He's in your face, and he shows a lot of passion. And I and I, that's the thing. I hope my kids get off of me is my passion for the game and my passion to see them succeed, not just on the field in in every facet of the life, but but to have passion and and how far that passion can take you. have passion and a strong work
3: ethic. Uh, you know, the, the the ceilings, you know, the ceilings limitless. No doubt about it, Coach. Right now, there's a lot of passion and a lot of limitless happening right now. It's see You guys are one game away from talking about something totally different than what we're going to talk about here tonight, of course. You look at what's happening right now. Do you like this new schedule? You get in, you get out of that grit and grind of the, of the region. You like this new thing, Coach? I know you're coming into South Carolina and welcome with a whole different can of worms than what other coaches have been given. But, but what are some of the pros from a coach's point of view? Because we always – we hear negative. We don't do negative over here. What do you like? What are some of the pros, Coach, that you like about this new shortened season? Well, I
11: mean, I, I don't know that I would. I don't know about pros, but you know, I, the, the fact of jumping right into region plays, you got to be at the top of your game. You know, it, it, there's no time to, to build up to it, to, to grow into it, to to you know learn on the run. You got to be at the top of your game now, and uh, you know, I, I think that's held everybody a little bit more accountable when it comes to uh, scheduling. Is that you know, your, your your games that matter are happening right now. They're in your face, and, and you better put up a good product out there. or You're gonna come up short. Some people, you know, maybe didn't didn't quite expect, but. Uh, you know we're going to try to make the most of it at soccer and i think a lot of guys have the same mindset you know we're just we're just grateful for the opportunity to be playing football right now and if that means that we got to open up with two out of the top 10 teams in the state and and a and two you know long bred
7: rivalries in, in and
11: county hey it is what it is um you know i our, our kids are, are are that same mindset hey if we get to play football that's all that matters and and uh, you know as far as the schedule i you know we always try to schedule non conference as hard as we can in, in preparation for the region and in preparation for a hopeful playoff run. So, you know, not really a big switch up here, but, uh, you know, it is pretty unique to, to get to play these region games early and just kind of see everybody in the beginning stages of their season and see where they're at.
4: Hey, coach. It it's gonna be a fun one this uh this week, definitely. Uh you know, with the way that you played against Conway and, and getting that big win, how do you get the team refocused, especially considering this game more than likely for both teams is going to determine whether or not they get into the playoffs.
11: Yeah, I mean, you know, we we're not hiding anything from anybody. We told our kids point blank: whoever wins this game is the second team out of our region in the playoffs. Uh, the way it's trending, you know, I know Sumter still has to play. Um, St. James and Conway, but you know, it, more than likely, the way it's trending, it's going to be the winner of this game of Sumter who get the playoff first, So, so we're not hiding that from our kids. We wanted them to know that up front that we've got a goal that we're trying to attain, and it, it goes, you know, it, it goes through Soxby this Friday night when the Panthers come into town. But um, you know, as far as trying to keep them focused, listen. It's been a long time coming at Soccer City. These kids are hungry. They're, they're, their will to win and their desire to win is fueling a lot of this passion and fight and energy they have. And, and you know, we're going to ride this thing to the end. And, uh, you know, um, I, I, like I said, I just can't say enough about my kids. Their, their work ethic and their intensity and their effort they're giving us every day is just on a whole new level.
3: They would talk about a whole new level. Sockesley has definitely scored a big one here with Coach Ben Hampton. It's his first year here with the Braves, and he's looking 2 and one in the eyes with a big game coming up that decides the region opportunity. It is probably for second place in the region, but he's already knocked out St. James. He already went to the backyard and took the lunch from the Tigers. Now he likes to, well, slay one of those Cougars over there on uh, – 501 now before he can do that our panthers excuse me before he does that of course he's got to get this week up and running continue to stay focused coach you know you played and we mentioned it briefly for that legendary coach uh, that i like i'm a big fan of your former coach over there coach bennett how much have you able to lean on your days of just down the road of playing so that you can look at these guys because they relate to coastal more than any other school that would outside of ory county that they can literally see where you came from coach
11: well, you know, Reggie, I mean, it's kind of been the forte of my coaching career. I, I, my playing and coaching career, you know, my high school days at West Rowan, we were trying to rebuild a program that had been down for a long time. We come to Coastal and we're building a brand-new program, uh, graduate from Coastal, go back home and build a brand-new program at Carson High School in 3A football, and then get an opportunity at North Rowan to rebuild a, rebuild a program who was strong back in the days of Roger Seacrest and uh, – you know, this is just another one of those things. And so, I mean, I just kind of lay it out there for them, and I, t- I talk to them about what we did at Coastal and how we built that tradition and, and started the foundation. And and it's the same thing. I mean, we're rebuilding instead of building new, but, uh, you know, it's the same concept. And right now we've got a lot of kids. We've got about 107 in the program right now, which is up, I think, uh, quite a few kids from the past couple of years. and and they're believing and they want to do they want to do that they want that they want that to be their legacy you know they want to be able to look back on their high school years and say hey we we recreated we rebranded Steve football and 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 we brought it back
3: we're live right now wrapping it up here with the coach from Steve. coach Hampton joins us here now coach before we get you out of here we are going to be visiting with one of your class of 21 as a senior 6'2 190k bird we'll follow up right after you coach but other than maybe even Kate let's talk about him really quick but who are some of the other big braves that are doing big things coming out of week three coach that we need to keep our eye on this weekend
11: i mean defensively you can throw a dart and hit one i mean those guys are flying around but you know big impact guys are our defensive end dj willard uh you know huge guy for us he, he's got uh, you know quite a few cur- quarterback hurries and sacks and tackles for a loss under his belt um our linebacker plays been solid coach illings coaching those dudes up and uh you know our secondary has been strong. I think uh, defense through nine games has created uh, nine or ten turnovers for us, which is huge to give us the ball back and give us an opportunity to go down the score. So those guys are flying around like crazy. Offensive side of the ball, we got our big running back that transferred in from Conway. Michael James is a senior. He's toted it for us hard in between the tackles, and then we got a uh, number two Javon Cole out on the edge that. Um, You know, he's a speedster. We get the ball in his hands, he can make a play anytime he touches the ball. So, um, and we've got quite a few other guys. Uh, That was just to name a few. But, uh, you know, like I said, the guys are believing. They love the system. They like what we're doing on both sides of the ball. And uh, you know what? When you get a bunch of teenagers
3: that get a mindset and get going in one direction, who knows what could happen. No doubt about it, Coach. I want to thank you for your time here tonight. Thank you for all that you're doing at my alumni. We're all proud of you, and we're all pulling for you. Who knows where we can see you down the road, but right now we're enjoying the big win tonight. We look forward to catching up with you here real soon, but uh, I'll let you hold tight, let you listen to this new, I would say, young man coming in here next. Coach, so hang tight. We're going to go to uh, this big... Outside linebacker, that is Cade Bird. He is 6'2", 190. What's going on, Mr. Bird? How's life up on the Grand Strand, buddy?
4: You know, it's
5: awesome right now, you know. Coming off some good winds. Playing for Coach a new atmosphere It's fun. i enjoying it a lot.
3: Well, first of all, I want to thank you and welcome you to uh, a, a show from a former Sockers the Brave alumni right here myself, I'm proud of you guys for battling, brother. Not only did you go toe-to-toe against those Gamecocks, you then went on that battle of, I think it's the Battle of 707. It's a new school compared to my days back in 97. But you handled business. You then stayed focused in week three. You went over to the backyard and took some lunch money from the Tigers and brought it back to a and you're looking 2 and one in the eye, and here comes another big game. Now, you're a senior. This is it. This is all you got, brother. You got to leave everything you've got, every play, every day, every practice. This is it for you. As an outside linebacker, yeah. I know you get to see a lot of things, brother. You call a lot of things. Tell me, what's it like? Uh, did you imagine your senior season would come so fast? And uh, what's, it, what, what's it mean to you uh, on a Friday night playing? And you got homecoming coming up this week,
5: Coach, or Cade? Uh, okay. Uh, yes, sir. Well, um, I didn't start playing football until my sophomore year, and God, I've loved it so much. It's been so fun, and it's flown by, especially with all this going on. We miss, miss spring ball, miss summer workouts, but it feels good to be back on the field with the team. Just as I said before, it's just a whole different atmosphere with Coach Hampton, and it just, and just makes it way more enjoyable. Everyone wants the same thing as to win, and we're doing good right now.
3: No doubt about it. Doing it big ways. you got a big game Friday night, homecoming. A lot of the former Braves will come back. I know I usually get a chance to come home and watch you guys ball out on the same field that I did my thing on. And, of course, I played on the diamond just uh, back door over there from the field house that you guys work out in. I would still think so. Uh, when you start to kind of look at this thing, who are some of the guys around you? Because you guys only gave up seven points. And, again, I don't know if whether it was first string or second string. doesn't matter. It's a team game. But for you guys to only give up seven points against Conway and, and, and holding points down, and i got to be honest with you, Kate, you guys did an incredible job against the sixth-ranked team in the state and Sumter Gamecocks. I saw those guys in a scrimmage against Fort Dorchester, so I know what you guys had to go up against with that quarterback, Vasquez. What, what was it like and what has it been like you know, for you? And, and tell me about some of the guys
5: around you that helped pick your game up play after play. Honestly, the whole defense is just electric, electric. You know, everyone just flies around. That's our big thing, just getting to the ball. So, you know, we'll be watching film, and you'll see 11 guys surrounding the ball with one green shirt. when We played Conway. We were just swarming around. And, honestly, just the whole defense just keeps everyone up. Everyone's, everyone's jumping around. Everyone's hype out there. It's just a lot of fun playing for our defense. And, um, you know, back to the Sumter game, the first half of that Sumter game was a 10-7 game. We had a big pick six. That was that was a crazy game, and you know they kind of slipped away from us in the fourth fourth quarter. But um, really really physical team. It was it was a lot of fun playing them, and that's why I'm excited to play Carolina Forest. They got a really physical offense with all the pulling guards, and you know it's gonna be fun. I'm excited.
3: No doubt about it. Now I see the chain around your neck, and it looked like you got one of those. that's course against that rival Conway what's that chain about everybody's got something what are my braves over there tooting around on a Friday night when you guys get that turnover
5: oh yeah that turnover chain baby everyone loves the turnover chain you know coach Hampton brought that into the program as well and everyone's enjoyed it you know coming off the field big stop big turnover you get the chain around your neck everyone's jumping around everyone's looking at you it's fun really makes the game fun
3: no doubt about it, man. So, uh, tell me about that offense. Give me some guys over there on the offensive side. Some of your seniors. Highlight some of your seniors because I know uh, a shortened season, we got to give you guys a lot more love than than maybe normal. Not really, but let's go with that. Uh, who, who's a big senior on that other side that, that as you run the defense, here,
5: he may be running that offense for you guys? You know, our O-line, we got Matthew Glenn. We got Ethan Lang, big O-lineman, really doing it, holding it down for us. Then we got – Jacob Marquez got a lot of good catches. He's and Jacob Marquez and our O line. We don't got too many seniors on the on the offense, but you know, they're holding it down but holding it down over there. No doubt. So let me ask
3: you, man, I can tell you my side of being a brave, but it was a lot of a lot of long times ago. There was a you know Homestown Road. Actually it used to be barely two lanes. It was a lane and a half as I was leaving Saint James Middle School, going back to surfside to my home and it was a dirt road. That's how long it's been since I can tell you some days back over there. What is it like to you, though, man? What is what, what is Friday Night Lights to a guy like you, Cade? When you think about it 10 years from now, maybe 20 years from now, you know, paint a picture for the listeners that have never maybe been to City or get into the mind of, of, of a guy who's getting ready to graduate. What does what Friday Night Lights over at uh, City High School mean to a guy like you, brother?
5: Um, I don't know. It's just a place to just enjoy yourself and just, God and the band starts going and the student sections jumping, tight games, everyone's screaming, loud. I love it. There's no place I'd rather be than Stockesy Field on a Friday night.
3: On a Friday night, man, has the band jumped back in there yet? You guys got the band coming in on Friday night. I mean, I, I get it. Everybody's like, we got a game to play, man. But let's be honest, man. There's something special about that 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 whole playing the National Anthem, and I'm going to tell you a secret, brother. You're going to do this. I do this every time. I'm the voice uh, play-by-play guy over at Fort Dorchester, and every time at the end of the National Anthem, you know what we do, right? We yell that brave at the end. I'm still doing it years okay. and years later. It's a habit. It's like tying your shoe after you put yes, it sir. on, man. <laughs> have you guys got the band yes. playing yet again, or is it is it still kind of a minimal crowd over there at Soccer Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. you got to have the band. Good stuff. How about school, man? Let's talk a little education, man. I gotta be honest with you. Football, unfortunately, has an expiration date on it. But the one thing that will not have an expiration is going to be that degree that you're gonna get, man. Have you got any schools you're looking at? You got any places you're looking to go? Or what type of major that you're looking to further that education at the next level, buddy?
5: Um, actually, my main sport is uh, baseball, so I'm um, looking at some schools to play baseball. I got an offer from uh, Florence Darlington to play baseball. And I'm just guard. getting a lot of looks from everyone. Yes, sir. I'm just getting some looks. I'm still figuring everything out. But, you know, if I if it came down to it and I didn't, couldn't play baseball, I couldn't play sports, Georgia, my number one. UGA, baby, go dogs! Oh, boy, look. Hey, you guys are going to be playing Alabama this
3: weekend without Nick Saban. Nick Saban's been sent to the I house, know. you know. So uh, when, when you start to kind of think of things, I got to tell you, I, I I played a lot of days also on that Diamond over there, man. So tell your, your head baseball coach that I said hello. He's familiar with the program. And, man, I tell you what, the one thing about this is I'm going to tell you, when you graduate this year, make sure you keep coming back home, man. Come back home. Pick a weekend during the, the fall and, and – Show these guys that you left behind, that you still appreciate them. And then do the same thing in baseball, man. I'm, like I told you, 42, I still find one weekend, and if it's not a COVID year like we're dealing with now, but I try to find one weekend to come back and, and just uh, take it all in, man. There's nothing like Friday Night Lights, brother. And I'm going to tell you, the saddest moment of my life was walking off that field and that field over there with the baseballs, man. I tell you what, high school football, high school sports, it's something that you can't even understand. If you play college sports, it's fun. It's a job. What you do on this night, coming Friday night, what you'll do in the spring and the over there with uh, the coach and staff over there, brother, it's an opportunity. So make sure you enjoy that. I appreciate you. I wish you the best of luck. Thank you for handling business for my uh for my alumni. We're all proud of you guys. We're pulling for you guys wherever we are across the country, buddy, and uh we'll look forward to hearing from you guys next week. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, buddy. God bless you. Ladies and gentlemen, look at that. Not one that's the head coach who joined us just moments ago, Coach Ben Hampton. I'm gonna bring in Coach Hampton. I think you're still hanging on as we're gonna let you wrap up this interview. I thought Kate did a pretty good job, Coach. I don't know if you coached him up or you guys have the broom drill or what, but Kate did a pretty solid job, uh, representing the Braves.
11: Yeah, he I mean he's a sharp one for us, Rich. Yeah, outside linebacker he's gotta be sharp. I mean he you know, he's got he's got uh He's got run assignments and he's got to get back in the, you know, get back in defending in space at times. too. a very athletic, very sharp kid, uh, academics are great, on point. You know, I, I have no doubt his future leads somewhere bright, whether it's on the on a field somewhere or just going to school to to further his academic career. But he's a sharp one. Uh, I mean, he gets after it. He leads that defense. They kind of feed off of him. You know, we've incorporated the turnover chain and this gets kind of going off like a, you know, like a firework there, and they love it, and eat it up, and uh, you know. Yeah, I, I'm glad. I'm glad
3: he's the one I get to coach. Well, coach, I tell you what. Again, on behalf of all of us here at Southern Sports Central, congratulations on your big win. On a personal note, thank you for handling business on Friday night. And I don't mean that in any disrespect to Conway. I love those guys. It's just that one week out of the year. I tell Everett Sands, who does his show on Tuesdays right here on Southern Sports Central with the West Foundation. He's a former Tiger, the former Conway Tiger. We don't talk last week. We didn't talk at all. It was all texting. But, uh, you know, I told him, I said, all right, we get back to business and we can get our friendship back up and running. But uh, good luck this weekend. Win, lose, or draw, Coach. I know you're changing things on a regular basis over there. I hear so many great things. I talked to a lot of your parents. And I talked to a lot of your players. And uh, I got to be honest with you. I can't wait to come back home. Next time I get back to the beach, I, was, I snuck in and out a couple of weeks back to handle some personal business. But uh, I'll be back there in a couple of weeks, and you and I catch up and go grab us something to eat and grab us something to – uh Catch up on what's happening around the Brave Nation, buddy. Absolutely. You just
11: give me a holler, man. I got some fresh gear waiting on you so you can rep Sox
3: Steve proudly. There you go, buddy. God bless you, your family, and tell our Braves uh, take care of business Friday night. It's homecoming. Let's give them something to talk about, Coach. Good luck.
11: We'll do it, Rich. Appreciate it, man.
3: All right. It's a pleasure. Look at there, guys. I got to be honest with you, man. It's like a mix between not one but two. I listen to him and I can hear Coach Bennett sitting there, but I also got a feeling it's Coach Elliott from Georgia State. Grew up in Sumter, by the way, but he is a very passionate guy. And that is the head coach, and that is Ben Hampton. He's got the Braves two and one. He's got to believe it. That's the hardest part, is to get these young. I'd say dogs, but Braves believe it, and they're believing. They're buying in what he's selling, and it's just confidence and culture, and that, my friends, is what's happening. However, oh, Brandon Bisco bing will be there calling the game on Friday night for that Carolina Force Panthers, and I got to tell you, when we come back, Brandon, I'm going to let you chime in unless we do catch in with our next guest, but I want to thank Saka Steve, the alumni. I want to thank the athletic director and, of course, the head coach, That is Ben Hampton for letting me hang out with him and his players, and that man, Cade Bird. Mr. Cade, you got a bright future wherever you go, buddy. Thanks for hanging out tonight. We'll be right back. You're listening to Southern Sports Central live right here in South Carolina at the Factory Sports and Fitness Training Studios. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Elvin here live on Southern Sports Central. I want to thank Ben Hampton, Socrates High School, and of course, their class of 21, outside linebacker 6'2, 190. Checking in, Cade Bird, who broke it down as, uh, again, the Braves got a big, I'd say a pretty big task ahead, but so does Carolina Forest. I mean, it's kind of one of those pickums. If you're listening in from Vegas, don't touch it. Don't touch it because we just don't know what we got but we do have is another guest and we're heading all the way to rams and we're talking football with the man the myth and the legend in the upstate scott early what's up coach how's life in the upstate so if we can get in there with coach coach early you with us We'll try to get him to get back in here in just a minute. Not sure there if uh, he was able to catch in or not there. Hopefully in moments we'll catch in with uh, Coach Scott early. That might have been one of our guys waiting to get in here. I'm going to bring you in, Brandon, a great interview. Y- you love the energy of, of Coach Hampton to kind of recap that until we get in here with Coach early. But I, I thought really he spoke uh, of so much that you could tell that he played for a guy in Coach Bennett who's a big-time contributor, supporter, And and I'd say help here on Southern Sports Central, who coached, as you guys all know, he was that guy that coined the, you got to be a dog. And he definitely owns that without any doubt. But that being said, you could hear a lot of Coach Bennett and what you see with Coach Hampton. You also heard that passion, that energy that we get from uh, a guy like Coach Elliott. What's your thoughts on a guy that I know you're more dialed in up there on the grand strand Brandon, but you see Sakasti. we talked briefly about him, but after that interview, you get to your where. by the way, you can use this on Friday night. You know, that's kind of the neat thing that you can uh, have some – now you got some dialogue to talk about.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's uh, – you know, he's, he definitely has that team ready, and they're playing very well, especially considering what, you know, what we – a lot of us expected going into this season when it came to Sakasti and St. James. Uh, he's got that team rolling right now, getting a big win against Conway. Uh, and now now is probably their biggest test. You know, they had something in the beginning of the season, and they played pretty well, uh, all things considered, especially with Hampton being a brand-new first-year head coach uh, for the Braves over there. And now is the real test of, okay, where are we at? Are we still kind of? in the middle of the pack, or we can, can we be legitimate contenders every year?
3: Yeah, no doubt about that. i tell you what, it's going to be an interesting one for you guys. Of course, you will hear the call with the man on the other end here. He's hanging out in the studios up on the Grand Strand in the uh, Myers Ice Cream Studios. Of course, that is uh, an alumni of Sock. He uh, helps us out on the upper side of uh, the coastline up there on the Grand Strand. Brandon, you've watched a lot of football, you've covered a lot of football, you get a chance to do what you do, but when you see this, where is the key to victory when you kind of, and I know you've been working on this stuff since Sunday, because that's what we do, we turn a page on Sunday to get into Friday, but where's the key to victory for, for Syracuse and where do you feel like the key to victory is for Carolina
4: Forest? I think the main battle is going to be and, and you have one of their, their top defensive guys on just a little while ago. I think the battle is going to be who wins the battle overall between Carolina Forest's offense and Socasty's defense. Uh, because, you know, Carolina Forest have been on fire and they played even very well against a very strong Sumter defense last week. So can Socasty slow down the speed of of Kyle Watkins, can they slow down Mo Belfield? Can they slow down Janik? Can they slow down DJ Admill? You know, there are so many guys on this Carolina Forest offense that can produce. And if Saucostee can slow that down a bit and the offense can get going, then they have a chance to win. But the if the Panther offense is just racking up points like they have even last week, you know, even against one of the top defenses in the state, the Panthers still put up a lot of points. So, you know, the fa- So that's going to be the key is can Sockesty slow down this Panther offense or not. And I think whatever side wins that matchup is going to win the game.
3: Yeah, no doubt about it. I think here in just moments we're going to hear from Coach Scott Early. Of course, uh, he will be here in moments talking to us about What's going to be happening with Ram Football, Westside Football's head coach, is uh, joining us here any minute. He'll also have his quarterback joining us around 745. That one may run over just a little bit, but that's all right. It's live radio, which means live, well, audio, and, of course, some audibles that are called throughout the broadcast here tonight. Of course, he wins three. Now he looks to be pretty good. They got Wahala coming up this weekend, and uh, it's going to be a big one here tonight as uh, looking forward to Coach uh, Scott Early here in, in a little bit because we don't get as much in the past upper state football. Now, we got that Greenville head coach joined us, which I thought he dropped us some dimes, man. I mean, he had us some slogans that we were able to tweet out there at S.O. Sports Central. We were putting it on Facebook, Southern Sports Central. It was amazing to say the least. And uh, you know, I'm just gonna have him reach out here in just a minute. But when you look at the upstate to lower state Brandon, I know you're kind of getting your feet wet here in high school football on a Friday night, but what is the difference from a guy in your position? What is a uh, what, what is a, a guy like in your position,
4: do you see the difference between upstate and lower state Brandon? I think the ups, i I think the key or the difference, especially uh especially in five A is that the upstate has a lot of good, you know, it's very top-heavy. They've got a lot of big-time top teams, Burns, Dorman, Gaffney. Um, but outside of that, you know, it kind of drops off. Not not crazy much, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of regions that you know who's going to win that region going into the season. Uh, lower state, outside of Dutch Fork in that region, there's a lot of regions that are very uh, – lo- are a lot more balanced. You know, you've got over at Region 7, you know, Goose Creek, Berkeley, Stafford, they're all good. You know, right. Fort Dorchester, Somerville, West Ashley, all good all good programs. Uh, Brandon, let's,
3: table, let's also, table that for just a minute. Brandon, let's table that for a minute because we do have now the head coach all the way. Boy, we are excited to talk some west side football with Coach Scott Early. Coach – Thanks for hanging out with us. I know that you're busy. You got practice and you got a big game Friday night. Thanks for coming back in here and hanging out with me, coach. Yeah,
7: man. I appreciate it. Appreciate you having us on. I'm sorry about that technical difficulty there. I didn't want you to think I was late. <laughs> well, with, you're... With a early, yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, with the last name early, it can not happen, no doubt about it. And I knew, I said, Land, here we go. That just means this is about to be a great interview. The devil's just trying to get his foot in here, but we're not gonna let that happen. Tonight, man, I tell you what, you guys are rolling up there in the upstate, hanging out. It's uh, big-time football up there. Give me a breakdown, since I know we talked during uh, July, when it was your first, and I told you of many, if it was a blessing, if you could get in here, and here you are in your second one, Coach. But we're playing football, something we didn't think we'd be talking about back in July. And you guys are not only playing football, man, you guys are taking some names and putting up some numbers. Uh, give us a breakdown in the last three weeks over there in the upstate with you guys.
7: Well, first of all, we're we're all blessed to be playing. You know, we never thought this day would come and, and you know, we just I, I think it made all the players and coaches and people really uh not take anything for granted anymore and appreciate the game. So that's the first thing um uh, that comes to mind. Second thing is, you know, we, we knew coming out of last season, you know, we we had done some big things and fifteen and sixteen we you know, had a little low had some interesting things. We knew coming out, um you know, this was going to be a really good team. The only problem is it's going to be a really young team. You know, we, um, I think tomorrow night we're going to start uh, four or five freshmen, six sophomores. So, you know, we felt like it was a, you know, team built for 21 and, um, you know, talking about a God thing, you know, in walks, you know, uh, Peter's more and, and his brother, foster brother, Marquis and it That, you know, that little fire and just things that fell into place. we stayed safe under, you know, the the Coca deal and hadn't gotten shut down or had to uh, miss anything yet. So we just feel, you know, fortunate and lucky. And a lot of times, you know, to, to get to the end, you, you got to be, you know, hungry and humble and, and lucky. And we, we've been very fortunate, very lucky this year. Um, very blessed to be where we're at and, and have an opportunity to do it again on Friday.
3: We're live right now with the head football coach of, of course, the Westside Rams. And these guys are ramming their way through the season. 3-0 next up, Wahala. That's a team in the upstate, Coach. Do you like have, how have you felt, Coach, about this new season of, I would say, early region play? If I'm not mistaken, I mean, evidently it's working for you guys. You're sitting there undefeated. You got another big matchup Friday night, Coach. But w- what is some of the things that you've been coaching a little while? You got some history under your belts. I'm aware of. W- what do you like about this season on a positive side? Because I know some of the negative stuff. But from a positive side, on a coach's point, what are some of your thoughts, Coach? Know, back, I remember
7: me and you talking back, I don't know, it's been a while. But it, it's. I think COVID is a positive thing to begin with. I think it's took us back to uh, the way it used to be, to, to small groups, uh, not running a rat race and 365-day-a-year business and uh, 707 and balancing with AAU and all of it. I think, I think it got back to,
5: you know, the way it used to
7: be, and I kind of enjoyed it. And, you know, for us at Westside, you know, we've always come out of the gate played really strong and had, had you know, difficulties finishing when you see a dormant and they're dressing, you know, 100 and you're dressing 50. But being in 4A is, you know, a, di- a different world. Um, being in this region is a different world from what we've, what we've done and what I've done in other places. And, um, you know, it, it's, a, it's a good spot to build a young team uh, and to create some confidence that sometimes never goes away. And along with the appreciation of the game and the process, not not dreading it, just worrying about the destination. You know, COVID's kind of like put a lot of things in, in line, and I think in a lot of ways it's been good for high school football and America in general. So.
3: I tell you what, Coach, I like the way you're talking. We're all about it as we're live right now with Coach Scott Early and 4A football, but I tell you, it's big boy football in the upstate as the Rams of Westside are 3-0. They got a big one coming up with Wahala. If you can spell it, well, then you know where you're at. Of course, it's not the easiest thing, but you guys will battle it out. Of course, you mentioned Peter some more. He'll be joining us here in a few minutes, coach. But I like it for this reason. There's two reasons. I like that it's a shorter, every game becomes a playoff game. And you know what, at least down here in the low country, that cramping and, and, and certain things like that haven't really become much of an issue. You know, you get a little bit of that positive, but you don't hear about it as much, coach. You know, when you look at this Every game counts in. Do you like the factor of we've kind of done away, at least this season, with allowing 500 program teams to make their way in? And you got to be really – we're kind of starting in the third round, if you think about it, when the playoffs finally do start here in about three or four – about five weeks, I guess.
7: I've always thought that. I think some of it deals with finances. We shouldn't be involved. But, you know, a lot of times the way, the way it was, you, nobody wants to see a one, one playoff forward. See mismatches early on, all that kind of stuff, and you know I'm, that's what I miss about the old point system. You know, back in the day,
12: was,
7: mm. you know it was your top two or, or you are rebuilding for next year? And I think I think that teaches a lot of lessons in life. I think the cream rises to the top, and I, you know I would say that if you know if we had, if we were at the bottom or we're at the top, I just I just think we water things down too much in today's society. and Everybody gets a trophy and uh, what have you done for me lately in the entitlement, and, and we add to it and high school athletics by, by just, you know, watering it down a little bit. So I totally agree with you on that point. That's another positive.
3: Yeah, I, I love it. I mean, I again, I understand it. There's always that Cinderella story that everybody loves the backup quarterback and the Cinderella story, you know, but at the end of it all, usually it it's just drags out that playoffs and so many other things with injuries and, and, and just multiple things, I think, that are a bigger picture. Anyway, and, and I know you know a few guys that you rub a few elbows with in life any way that we can utilize this as a learning year, not only for one but many, and they can actually look at maybe doing things. Because I remember, probably back when you were coaching at the beginning, you probably do or even playing, coach, that we had the Sweet 16. Like you mentioned, the point system. Any way that we look at maybe trying to fine tune a playoff system that kind of became watered down. And you mentioned financially, is this is that kind of where we are right now? And that's why we aren't seeing a, a great season like what we see now and, of course, seeing that, of course, in the playoffs?
7: Really, to be honest with you, I couldn't say it any better. And I think that's, you know, that's another thing that times like this makes you revisit and look back and say, okay, what have we done right and what have we done wrong and, you know, find a compromise in the middle. But um, a a lot of people that been in this business a long time and a lot of people that are usually hanging around at the end, you know, all agree with this, and, and you know, uh, a lot of times that, that four or five seed from the bad region, I mean, the last thing those kids and that coach want to do is get on the bus and go to Gaffney. I mean, it's <laughs> it's, it's borderline humiliating at times, and um, it, it just like everything else in the world today with politics, if you really knew what was going on behind the scenes, we would immediately do that because it would be uh, what's best for all involved, whether you're a four or one or you're a first-year head coach or a 26-year veteran. Just makes
3: more common sense. We're live right now with the head coach from the Westside Rams, 4A football, big boy football in the Upstate. As they play a lot of big names this week, it's all eyes on Wahala's these three and O Rams and Peter Zamora, the big time quarterback, going to join us here in moments. Talk about his team and, uh, of course, before we get in with uh, Peter. Coach, uh, let's talk a little bit more about some of the other guys around. You mentioned another gentleman that came in. I hear that guy is uh, taking names and laying them out right and left on the defensive side. While Peter's an offensive guy, he's got a guy on the other side that's handling business. Coach, tell me about some of the big Rams that are handling it on Friday nights, Coach.
7: Well, I mean, we've – you know, one thing we've done here in our, in our sixth going on seven year being here is we've always played great defense. So, that's sort of a given – you know the other two um, phases of the game. Sometimes uh, we've been very good, and sometimes we've not been very good. But you know, this year we thought coming in that this would, could be our worst year on defense. We were young, we were in um and those guys have really played well. I mean, we we gave up uh, 12 points all year on defense and seven on special teams, and um, just just young. You know, we're starting a sophomore and a freshman inside linebacker. And Titus Chrysler, Mikey Scott, um, back there in the secondary, you know, Pete's brother uh, by, by a foster situation, Marquise Gant, um, has went back to safety. And, you know, honestly, uh, this kid's special. I mean, it's unbelievable that he's only played one year of high school football. But um, when he gets done this year, there's going to be a lot of college support. So, you know,
3: he's helped us out a lot. But that's been the biggest surprise of the team is – how well that, that defense is gelled and played well together early. No doubt about it, Coach. Uh, I do want to thank you so much for your time. I just sent you the link so that you can hit that link. You can listen to your quarterback. But I want to thank you again for always, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, it, it seems like you coaches around the state of South Carolina, you're part of the coaching association, if I'm not mistaken. And, and I just want to give a tip of the cap to you and all of that crew that does, what you do, do what you do uh, on uh, Monday through Sunday, because, uh, you know, every one of you guys, all the way from Scott Durham and Andrews to yourself, to anybody else, uh, when I reach out to you guys, man, it's always first class. We just had on the new coach over at Socasty. He just joined us, uh, Coach Hampton. But, uh, you know, for you guys allowing us and my entire brand and family here on Southern Sports Central to be a part of your school and to talk to your quarterback here in a few minutes, I just want to say thank you for this opportunity, Coach i tell you, we all do what we do because we love kids, uh, all of them. And I think at the end of the
7: day, it's kind of like the you know, Republicans and Democrats. We all need to get together and do what's best for kids. And the next guy you fix to talk to, um, I've known for about a month, and he's one of the best kids I've met in my 26 years of coaching. So, you
3: and Pete have a good time. No doubt about it, Coach. Thanks for your time, and God bless you. Thank you, man. All right, ladies and gentlemen, just like that, let's go to the quarterback. Let's bring him in. How about it? I've had a chance to talk to uh, this stud who is uh, taking up some time and some talent up in the upstate. He uh, relocates because mom and dad have a job. They come up here from Miami, Florida, or at least somewhere, Peter, down in that Coral Gabriel side of life, right? Got to give us an update, man. Who is Mr. Peter Samora other than a guy that we keep reading about in headlines, buddy?
8: First of all, I say thank you for having me today. But um, Peter Zamora definitely is just a guy that loves football and just wants to succeed and wants to succeed, succeed with his teammates. And he definitely puts God first. And through through his blessings in my life, I, I tend to bless others.
3: Man, and you're doing it in big-time fashion over here as we're live with the quarterback, of course, hanging out with us from west side, the Rams. He's one of the head Rams And, uh, man, I got to tell you, you know, uh, you being a guy coming up, you get a chance. You did the best with the opportunity. Of course, your coach said, hey, look, I can't promise you nothing but an opportunity. You took that opportunity. Uh, What's been the biggest transition for you, man? We don't get a chance to talk to kids that transfer from uh, another state to this state, especially like that big state down there in Florida, man. What is the difference on a Friday night, man? Is there any difference uh, between A and B or from where you are to where you came from?
8: Well, the first thing I guess you could say is the atmosphere just with the the crazy lights that we have at West Side and just the atmosphere is different. Everybody comes out on a Friday night and just has one focus and it's football. So just being able to go ahead and play in that and be able to take that in is definitely something special.
3: No doubt about it. We're live right now with the man. He is QB one over there with the Rams. Peter Zamora, you're three and You're looking at Wahala in the eyes. One goal, and I believe it's the state championship. It's 4A football. Y'all got big football up there, man. I watched Greenville. We had their coach in here on Monday night. I'm sure at one point y'all will get a chance to introduce yourself to one another. But but when you walk around town, and I don't know if you had any idea when you were coming into, I think it's Anderson, where you call home now. Is that is that right? Yes, sir. So Anderson's a little bit smaller than Miami, Florida. Am I correct? Just a little bit. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, so well, let me ask you, man, that's a culture shock in itself, right? I mean, when you come in, it is everything. When you thought about watching that movie Friday Night Lights in Texas, to me, when you go to small towns like Anderson, by the way, a great place to call home. And I'm glad to see you here in our state doing what you're doing, brother. But does it, it, it feel like you're living that movie on Friday nights where the town shuts down and everybody, every ram from one house to the other is packed well, not as much as they would be because of COVID, but does it have that feeling as you guys run through town? And by the way, you're three, and know, that's got to help a little bit too, right?
8: Definitely. It's definitely nice to walk down the street and everybody kind of knows who, who plays for the Rams and that, that anticipation that everybody has coming to the upcoming Friday night. And, um, it's just very it's very nice because in South Florida, you have a team on every single corner, so you have no clue who's repping what team. But in Anderson, everybody's a rammer. Everybody's the Yellow Jacket. So around here, I'm very uh, blessed to be able to go ahead and have uh, a fan base that, that's in Anderson.
3: No doubt about it. And they love their football up there, man. And I trust and believe you. You better believe in it because if not, somebody will have a conversation. Now, did you guys in Miami, did you guys have your own stadium or did y'all share a stadium uh, when it came down to football?
8: Um, at the school that I was at, we had our own, but several teams down in South Florida, like Booker T. Washington and Miami Central share stadiums, but it's definitely common to share stadium, but there's also many schools that have their own.
3: No doubt about it. The one thing you're doing is sharing the rock, my friend. You're throwing that thing in and around and everywhere when it comes down to getting those yards and touchdowns. I know you're doing it big, man, but you got to have some other dogs or in your case, some rams running around the pasture over there. And Anderson, who are some of the other guys that we need to show some love to tonight that uh, are are doing big things to help you stay up and do what you're doing, buddy?
8: Definitely. um, Some guys I'd like to thank are definitely the offensive line for keeping me up, only getting sacked less than five times this season. And then I'm just a facilitator at the end of the day. I get the guy, I get the the rock to the guys. And um, the guys have to definitely include like Hunter Puckett, Nehemiah Smith, and we got our outside receivers like Josh and Tank and then we have our little slot machine uh, Owen Skelton and Ryan Brownlee
3: and you said Tank that guy Tank let me let, tell me a little about this guy named you know you come in with a name like Tank I expect you to do tank like things uh wh- who is Tank what position does he play and how good a guy is this cat
8: well he he's new to the receiver position he wears number 13 for us he's a he's a basketball player but definitely i've i've seen flashes here and there where he can go up and get the football if it's put in his in his vicinity
3: We're live right now with the class of 22, quarterback, Westside High School. That is Peter Zamora. He's got a 4.6 GPA. He's 6 foot. He's a buck 85. He was in Miami a year ago in the 2019 MVP All-State and All-County Selection. If that doesn't tell you, this cat could play some football. And he just mentioned two other high schools down there that he got a chance to know. Now he's up here introducing that Zamora brand. Every Friday night, man. What are some of the things that you guys do on Friday nights that you, you know, look forward to early in three weeks uh, when it comes to a home game? What's what's kind of the normal atmosphere? Is there a tradition that you guys uh, – that you've kind of seen that's happening over there with the Rams?
8: Well, for game days, there's definitely something different than what I'm used to. Uh, in South Florida, we tend to just go ahead and go about our business and just – and do what we got to do. But here, it's definitely a family-orientated orientated kind of thing. We go ahead and we go ahead and just chill. We go ahead and stay in the locker room. We get our heads right. And we do what we got to do to execute when the night comes.
3: Now, let me ask you this. Y'all, y'all, got a, y'all, y'all don't have a mascot, a ram running out there on the field ahead of you guys, do you? You got anything that going on?
8: Oh, for pregame, we just no,
3: just it. it. Hey, you yeah, you guys run out of a tunnel. Do they have like a live ram running out? Oh, I mean, like the mascot, oh, none
8: of that. Nah, <laughs> no. I think the craziest thing about it since I've got here was the whole thing with the light. The light show is insane. It reminds me of the the good old '90s Bulls going and introducing us out with the crazy lights, and it just it really opened up my eyes to really what a beautiful game football is.
3: No doubt about it, man, as we're live right now with QB1 up there at Westside. The Rams, and they are handling business, and that is his head coach, Scott Early, joined us at the 7.30 segment, and now we're live with uh, Peter Zamora. How about the defense before I get you out of here, man? we got to give a love to some of those Rams on the other side. I know you got a close friend of yours, a brother of yours on the other side, that I keep watching huddle, and he keeps making highlights, but he ain't alone. There's a lot of guys over there that keep – the guys, I guess, keep you guys on the field because he keeps that other offense off the field. Who's some of the big guys that I need to be writing down their names as the season continues?
8: I definitely always tell the defensive coordinator, give me that rock back, and he definitely does. Uh, we get as many possessions as possible, but some of the big names on defense, definitely my brother, uh, Marquise Gant. uh Some people get surprised when they see the hits that he makes. But I've, I've been seeing this since he was eight years old. He's been taking people's heads off since uh, since before he can he can walk. <laughs> but um, besides him, other guys, Hunter Puckett also plays on the defense side of the ball. He went ahead and got a pick six against Easley. Uh, Zay Miles is another d- captain on the on in the secondary. Uh, Mikey Scott is a new linebacker, very young kid, but the kid has heart and he and he will fight between those tackles. Uh, Texas, uh, kid, the kid that transferred from Texas. He's a stud also. He definitely has heart. He goes in and fights. And all in all, they just—they all they all fight. They all, that's really what the big thing about defense is. They go ahead and get all, swarm to the ball and they do what they got to do.
3: No doubt about it. As we're live right now doing what he's got to do. And that's Peter Zamora, the QB1 over there with Westside and the Rams. Peter, thank you so much. I thank your coach, your athletic director. I thank your dad and your family for allowing you to come on tonight. This is the first time that we've had a chance to get you on the air tonight to talk about some football, man. We wish you the best of luck in the remainder of the season. I do believe you got an opportunity to uh, get recognized, be part of that junior class heading to a game that we're going to be calling over in Columbia in December the 19th. That is the South Carolina High School Blitz Junior Showcase Bowl, man. how, How cool was that when you saw your name coming up in the invitation over there on social media today, buddy?
8: I was definitely thankful to go ahead and be able to be making an impact in the state this soon. And I definitely went ahead and prayed about it. and I thank God for it every single day, just to continue giving me these opportunities to to succeed, even in a new in a, in a new location like I am now.
3: Man, I tell you what, boy, as God is shining on the Rams, and He's definitely with Coach Scott early in the West Side team for a football, but they're three and O, buddy. God bless you, your family. Continue doing great things, Peter. I'll talk to you off the air shortly. Until next time, buddy. Uh, stay safe and uh, keep doing what you're doing, man. Share that rock, buddy.
8: All right, thank you. God bless you. Thank you for having me.
3: Always a pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, look at that. Not one, but two great football players joined us. One on the offense, one on the defense. Two head coaches at different parts in their career doing great things. Coming off of big wins, doing big things here in the great state of South Carolina. As we are excited, it will be an exciting, and I mean an exciting matchup coming up at 8 o'clock, we are going to be checking in with some guys that do it in great fashion. Of course, that is going to be uh, known as the guys down there in that locosports.com area. Got to take a break. When we come back, we'll check in with one of those guys. We'll talk about some of the exciting things that are happening down in the lower part of the Low Country, Guys, you're listening to Southern Sports Central Live right here on Block Talk Radio. Don't go anywhere. Hour number three right after this. Thank you.
2: What's
3: Welcome back, everybody. Rich in here, live on Southern Sports Central. A little long, lengthy break there, just to kind of bring it all back around. Want to thank uh, all of our guests there in our number two. It was a quick hour, wasn't it? How about that? We went to Sockesty High School, where uh, a coach who's doing great thing, Coach Hampton, is uh, got the Braves believing. They're two and one after beating the, of course, Conway Tigers over in the backyard. That's one of the old rivalries up there on the Grand Strand. Now they'll get ready for a big team out of uh, that same area. And that's going to be Carolina force. The uh, Panthers will come into soccer. See it's homecoming. It also is winter take all for the most part to take over second place in region play, which will probably mean that's who's going to play in region play that recognizes playoffs. We'll find out about that as next week. We'll recap that on Monday. Then we went to West side where we hung out and, uh, Started kind of put things together with uh, the Westside Rams. Coach Scott Early. He checked in with us right on time as we talked about the Rams and their three and O opportunities in 4A football. They get ready now for Wahala. They'll be hanging out over there Friday night. But then it was Peter Zamora, the young man that transferred up from the Miami Florida. Miami Florida was his home this time last year he comes up and is lighting it up I mean this cat is throwing the rock around like he is giving out presents for Christmas he is doing it in big time we can't wait to see if when and how West Side will do against a team like Greenville Myrtle Beach comes to mind North Myrtle Beach comes to mind even West Florence comes to mind because yeah I get they lost to Myrtle Beach but Myrtle Beach is pretty good too I will tell you this, our next guest is now hanging out with us, and we're going to go over there to, of course, him. He is on the hotline. That is the Tent Farm hotline. You can find the Tent Farm at 7634 South Railroad in North Charleston, 843-297-4131, or on the web at tentfarm.com. And like that, ladies and gentlemen, it's Wes Kerr with Loco Sports. What's up, Wes? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Man, I hate to keep you holding. We had to break down hour two, but now it's all about you, my friend. I'm doing good. We're glad to talk football. Moved up from Thursdays to Wednesdays so we can go to some JV games tomorrow night. Not have to have you guys hear all that noise in the background like I know you had to deal with me last week, but man, I tell you what, Friday night football down there where you are, you got Buford 2-0, and you got Hilton Head 1-0, and you got May River 2-1, and I think they're a team to watch out for, by the way, as well as Buford is and Hilton Head. But then you got a team that ain't nobody talking about, but they're three and zero, and that's Well Branch in that Region Seven A football. Man, give me a breakdown. What was Friday Night Lights for you as uh, you watched all those teams in the lower part of the Low Country snap it and get it underway in Week Three?
0: Well, I'll tell you, I was at the game between uh, the Buford Eagles at the Shark Tank, uh, home of the Bay River Sharks. You know, what, that was being hyped up as the game of the year here in the Low Country. I mean, Buford come in with. Uh, a, a incredibly good defensive line, and they're running a quarterback who uh, who's coming in missed a lot last year, but uh, he's very talented. I knew he was going to have a special year. And uh, my goodness, coming over there into May River and, and the Sharks, you know what a Putin team they were. Uh, coming up from from 3A and uh, now at 4A this year, and uh, I, I think May River uh, was the team that was favored. I picked them to win, but my goodness, Eufert High coming into the shark take and overpowering and beating down those May River Sharks. And, and that defensive line for the Buford Eagles is absolutely amazing. Uh, they controlled the line of scrimmage that entire game, and, and pretty much that was the difference uh, in, in this contest. Buford just uh, stuffing May River. Whatever they were trying to do, they were on it. It was – I mean, May River loves to to run a mod green. He was stuffed. Uh, same thing with those other running backs. And then Buford offense impressed me so much. Uh, Tyler Haley, who, of course, missed a, a ton of uh, a couple of games last year. Uh, he put on a heck of a show. Uh, uh, it was close up until the very end of the of, of the first half. And Buford, a couple of really bad mistakes from May River. Set up, uh, two very quick scores. Uh, and the last would be a bomb from Tyler Haley to Marcus Goodwater in the uh, back of the end of just a beautiful dime. That was a real-deal throw right there. By Tyler Haley and, and Buford, just uh, much the, the better team in that one, and uh, putting a, a big, big statement to, to the rest of the a And uh, so, so now they're they ranked the number eight in the classification. And, and uh, you mentioned Whale Branch. Uh, what a fantastic result for the Whale Branch Warriors um, coming into Baptist Hill. Uh, this I mean the, the this was a very, very tough match. They uh, they circled this one on the schedule of the game of the season, but Whale Branch, they, they, they were in a battle. Uh, they had to grind it out. They, they hadn't allowed a point in the first two games, but they came in to Baptist Hill, and uh, they they overcame some big adversity. Jalen Reeves did up the numbers that he normally does, but it all uh, came to, to good fruition in the end. Uh, they, they had to come back uh, down a couple scores, uh, and then on the very last play of the game, Jalen Reeves had to throw it deep. Uh, two's receiver down the field, Jay K. Poucher, game-winning touchdown in dramatic fashion, Whale Branch, topping back to sell to take control of the region 3-0 and now this week they'll come into the cross at, at 2-1. If they win this one, they will secure the region championship so a chance for Whale Branch uh, to, to win this region. Uh, they, they have been, I, you know, they moved down to 1A and then that's a factor. They the definitely were in a tough region before this year, but they moved down to 1A, and, and they have been playing very, very well, even with uh, losing some really, really key contributors on, on both sides of the field from last year. Jalen Reed is taking up to another level uh, this season, and, and and you got some really big contributors, and, and Joseph Hicks and Jaden Grant, but Whale grant seems to be the class of that region um, in 1A, and, and in my opinion, uh, really has a chance to go deep in the playoffs. And, and Buford, uh, not many people thought they would be uh, as good as they were, as, as they showed against May River, but you know... Uh, just from the talent they got brought back in, Small is getting some offers before uh, the season. That south defensive line has been the, the difference. And that Tyler Haley has just been so much better than everybody would be. And uh, Bryce Labyrinth is just doing an amazing job building up the Eagle program. It started last year, uh, and, and now he's just taking it uh, to another echelon so far this season. I really think you has a chance to, to compete in 4A. Um, they've still got some work to do, they got to take on Bluffton, but I don't think we'll have any trouble with Milton Head. Um, 1-0, they got their season started with the win over the Bluffton Bobcats, a uh, rivalry win. Jalen's named star there. I mean, he's been recruited by nearly every big school in the country, um, showing up on the offensive side and doing his work at linebacker. So, Milton S. first game missed some time uh, because of COVID. They had to shut down, and so this was just their first game this season against Bluffton. And they delivered. Hard to do that with all the rust, but they were able to, to overcome it, and uh, they had a really nice win of the rivals. So, uh, I got to say, it was really great to see all these teams back in action. Friday Night Lights, this is the meeting of the schedule right here when he gets to the middle end of October, when the region pennant races, uh, using the term for baseball, when the region races heat up, that is when it just
3: takes everything uh, to to another level here for high school football. And and this is going to be another big week. Man, listen to Wes Curry. Sounds like he's done this before with Locosports.com. I want to thank him for hanging out with myself tonight on Southern Sports Central talking of a race. It ain't much of a race tonight at the Dodgers. My Dodgers were manhandled two nights in a row. They're making up for it. They're up 15 to one in the bottom of the fourth. Man, I tell you, we don't want to use all of our points up, our runs up too early. Wes says uh, we might talk a little baseball before I get you out of here. But let me ask you this, man. You know, it was a debut of a very different season down in that, that part of the low country. And I appreciate you guys allowing us to utilize your knowledge to educate those on all the schools you just mentioned, because we do go one-on-one with a lot of you guys, be it Dare of the Pass, be it this guy, be it that guy. Of course, even Smalls is a guy. You mentioned the gentleman over at Hilton Head that's got a billion offers. I mean, there's so many big dogs down there that do big things each and every night. So we're very blessed to have you and, and that entire team from locosports.com. But when you look at it, the other headline is, man, you guys got to debut a lot A lot of brand-new stadiums with AstroTurf and phenomenal logos, man. What's it like coming from our side of things as you walk out there? And, man, does it look like the building's brand-new? There's a lot more than just paint on the walls. And do you think that helps get that energy up on Friday nights with all this success? I'm looking at these records after three weeks. Yeah, I
0: mean, it felt like the first time coming over there, uh, it's like coming down uh, the stairs on Christmas morning when you're a kid. I mean, it's just uh, some some beautiful, beautiful field, and and you just uh, want to be able to to enjoy it and and, and go out there because uh, uh, Buford just uh, debuted their 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 new turf field, and it's just amazing, so impressive, and, and it's just one of those things where it actually gives the home team an advantage because sometimes it'll take a take a little bit for these away teams or these, these uh, groups coming on the road to kind of adjust to to what the turf field does to, when, it, when it brings into the table, and so. Uh, Uford kind of has a, a, another advantage by, by using that field and having to practice on it and being able to kind of uh, know how to use it. But uh, just the, the appearance of, of walking into the uh, walking into the stadium and, and and looking at that that gorgeous field, I mean, it's just uh, it attracts um, it attracts everyone who comes over there. And it's just a, a beautiful sight, and it just makes makes you think uh, that we're doing things right here in the Low Country. That um, we we have the ability to, to, to make football big, and it's it's really attractive just to see like. Um, comparing our, our low country to other football areas around the state and around the country, just having those um, elite facilities and then just those beautiful fields kind of uh, make a, make a big difference. And then just showing how much football has grown in the low country and how elite the talent is. And so um, obviously I think uh, it, it kind of it, it correlates. So, I mean, talent, it, it only helps um, uh, those, those facilities and those fields get better. And so Buford, um, what, what a fantastic uh, start they've had this season. I mentioned Tyler Haley. Uh, they got those running backs, Seal House, Household, Murray Morris doing great things. Marcus Goodwater, an amazing receiver. Um, and then that defensive line, Emon Small, Washington, and Wilson. Uh, what a what a start for the Buford Eagles, and they could really have a chance of, of going deep in, in the South Carolina High School League postseason. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just having seeing that great team on, and, and being able to, to to be able to play on that field. Um, it's just so awesome to see because those those kids deserve it. Those kids deserve those amenities. They worked so hard in practice, even during this quarantine, having to work out in these unusual circumstances, not knowing uh, whether or not you even play this year. And now you're able to play, and now we've got to be able to play on, a, on a, an amazing field and, and just uh, just really, really happy and excited for these guys because they've worked so hard, and they certainly deserve it. And then for those teams on coming on the road, I'm sure it's uh, nice for them too. I mean, this is big time. This is big time stuff. Being able to play on these beautiful facilities, so Buford Rail Branch, uh, when you look at the success they have, uh, it's awesome to see that they also being able to see them play on these really cool fields is, is just even more, it's just worth uh, the, the work they put in. Uh, they're very deserving of being able to play on the
3: we're live right now with Wes Kerr. He's one of the many that handle business down there for the com. They're a big-time contributor and partner with us here on Southern Sports Central to keep us up to date and all around the lower part of the low country. They ball out down there just as good as anybody – We've gotten a chance to know a lot of those cats during the camps, be it the, of course, uh, Infinity Camp. That's uh, one that we met a lot of them over at Ben Lippin for the first time. And then we saw them over at, uh, well, the Carolina Experience. That was in Charlotte. And then another camp. and another camp. But they continue to camp. They continue to get better. That's why you see these records. You see these numbers. Who out of all these schools, give me your top three if you can. And I don't want to put you on the spot here, West. Wes. But give me a few names that that I need to be writing down that I need to be keeping an eye on because I know that we're going to do what we can to help get those guys down there in that part of the country recognized here on the air. Yeah, well, as I said, I mean, uh,
0: Buford is a a fantastic school. Uh, They're they're doing some great things. Uh, And and I mentioned Tyler Haley and and how good he's been playing. Uh, He's made some uh, amazing throws. Um, uh, just really broke out. I, I mean, that that's something I never saw from him before. How well he played against May River, going up, going over to that Shark Tank and, and, and making some amazing plays. And he just looked really composed. had to overcome a couple of turnovers. Had uh, a pick that really wasn't his fault, but he was able to overcome that and, and uh, drive his team down the field a couple of times. Um, and, and get some separation made by a couple of May River mistakes. And the drive coming out of half, being able to to make some some nice plays. Uh, he ran the ball 90 yards plus uh, throwing the ball, throwing for a couple touchdowns. So, uh, when you have that potent attack going you know, with the legs and, and doing it with the yards. It's uh, um, pretty amazing to see. Uh, yeah, I mentioned Jalen Steve for helping Head. Sam Sue was a guy who uh, came in uh, and, and he's played a lot at JP2, John Colstack in a private school over there, Hilton Head. Uh, and uh, he's had just the leadership skills that, that he has for BJ Payne's group is, is awesome. Uh, outstanding to see. Uh, Jaden Gilliam had a big game for the Seahawks, too. Uh, a couple picks, a fumble return, a scooping score uh the touchdown reception. Uh, and that was one of the guys you know, so we need needed to see ball out to the Seahawks this year because they lost Golden Barnes who's now at Michigan State, uh, and a couple of other key pieces in uh, Christian Miller um, uh, and uh, along with Eli Hickey. So, uh, uh a swip billion to open this season um,
1: for the Hilton Head
0: Seahawks. Uh, and, and even though Bluffton's had no free start, I really like Jalen Lindner. He's a really nice athletic wide receiver. Who's made some big catches. And has some, um, some nice nice height to, to make some big uh Make some big plays on the ball, uh, and then for Eamon Small's uh, going back to the Eagles, uh, just a beast inside uh, at the defensive line. But it's not just him. You know, Washington, Alvin Wilson uh, have been doing some some really really good things. So uh, I gotta say the talent here in, in South is, is, is in the Low Country, is pretty amazing. Of course, uh, uh, we, we have we, we've seen some talent already uh, come through here. I mentioned Cole Marzo. Uh, but, but going back further, of course, Tuna Ford, he's playing at Hilton Island, now um, a member of Seattle Seahawks. He's been a really, really big big player, a big time on the defensive side uh, for, for Pete Carroll's undefeated team. So, uh, Tuna Ford doing some great things. And uh, Niles Pickney uh, at Clemson University uh, came out of Whale Branch, uh, and he was a big, big star for uh, the Warriors, and now doing it for the Tigers, uh, made a big play in the, in the National Championship a couple of years ago. Um, so it's just awesome to see all these guys who are coming out of this area. And, and, and I mentioned some of the, the, the players that are coming up the pipeline now. But uh, uh, it, it's definitely uh, it's an area you may not think a lot of uh, big talent comes out of, but there actually are some some really, really good players uh, that end up coming out of the ranks. And, and uh, I mentioned some more. Uh, and uh, I, I think there will be some, some guys that many years to come uh, who, who will come up from here. Great programs. It starts with some amazing coaches.
3: Yeah, no doubt about it. We're wrapping it up here with Wes Kerr, locosports.com. He does an incredible job along with the team over there that is always ready, willing and able to educate us on those big dogs down there in the lower part of the low country. Man, where are you heading out Friday night, man? Where's uh, where's home going to be for three or four hours when the lights cut on in a high school stadium down there, buddy? I'm still
0: kind of deciding where I'm going to go. I think I might head over to Hilton Christian Academy, uh, seeing the, uh, a nice uh, game from, from them against John Paul II. uh another guy, a, a private, uh, John Paul II, uh, Jeremiah Young. He's been a really – he rushed for 200 yards uh, in, in the last wow. game, and that was against a, a pretty good team. And, I mean, that's uh, if 200 yards against anybody It's hard to do. Um, and then he's right. going to go up against a really, really good Hilton Christian Academy team. So uh, that's going to be a good game. And Hilton High, an important matchup for them. Um, they're they're, they're taking on the uh, James Island Trojans. That's a big game for the Seahawks. They're they're coming in 1-0 with if they can get get this win uh, over James Island. Their first home game back, so it's going to be kind of uh, an emotional thing for for the Seahawks, especially Uh, they were supposed to have some home games earlier before they got um, COVID kind of uh, changed those plans. But uh, I want to see the Seahawks uh, being able to, 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 to beat James Island. I think they'll be able to do it. I think the, uh, defense has, has been even better than I expected it to be, In the offense, I think, should dominated against James Island and May River so far, so uh, I think Hill Net should be able to get it done. If they can get this win uh, next week against May River, it's going to become very interesting. Duford has that, I think they have that number one spot locked up, but two-two thick to play out, so uh, May River, Hill Net could, could come down to those two for
3: whoever gets that last spot. No doubt about it, man. As we're live, wrapping it up with Wes Kerr with Locosports.com. You can check him out on Locosports.com. How else, Wes? What's the easiest way to find you and that incredible team down there in that part of the world, buddy? Locosports.com.
0: And and while you're at it, uh, go and download the Locosports Blowdown Podcast. We put out five episodes a week, two football previews, two football recaps, and an interview show that's every week. So uh, if on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, it's the Walker Sports Lowdown podcast. Be sure to check it out and subscribe.
3: No doubt about it. You know, I'm already working on you and the boss man to get you guys over here for one show once a week, man. I tell you, what you guys are doing is incredible. And I got to get a piece of that pie down there, man. Because I tell you, those guys—they down there—and you heard it, guys. What he said, all that he broke down, he did it as if he's done it in his sleep, which I'm sure you have, Wes. But I want to say thank you for the second week in a row for doing what you guys are doing. I know we've now got about a month under our belt with this partnership and anything, and I mean anything, with me or my team. And I've got, what, about 12 different guys. And we, of course, partnered up with the South Carolina High School Blitz, EP Training, you name it. If they're partnered with us, man, we'd love to help you guys grow any way we can to get not only your name but all those names down on that side of the world, out there in the world, my man.
0: Thank you so much.
3: All right, buddy. Thank you again. And that, of course, is the man with the plan in the lower part of the Low Country, Wes Kerr with the Locosports.com. Say it slow, but click on it fast because it has got an incredible amount of information all the way around, guys. A quick break. This moment brought to you by our buddy E.T. That's right. Eric Thomas about to give you a lesson. We'll be back in about four minutes. This is all about stop making excuses and start making progress.
10: no excuses guys I wish I could I wish you could pay me a thousand dollars today and I could tell you 70% is enough I wish you could pay me 1500 I wish you could pay me 1500 and I could say to you 80% is going to get it I guarantee give me a 1500 I guarantee you I guarantee you that I magic wand you and 80% will be equivalent to 100% for you but it's not going to happen so I need you to understand something you can have it if you want it but the bigger the dream, the bigger the dream, the bigger the dream, guys, the bigger the dream, the bigger the dream, the harder to grind. And can I be honest with you guys, I'm grinding harder now than I've ever grinded before. Somebody said, E.T., somebody called me up said E.T., I don't know if you've been paying attention, and they were right, I haven't. E.T., we've been going online, and if you go on YouTube and you put the best motivational video of all times. Right now E.T. that's your video. how do you feel? E.T. 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 I don't know if you did it but I did it. The top motivational speakers in the world and in some categories E.T. you're there. You're like number 10, you're number 5 E.T. How you feel E.T.? i gonna be honest with you. It was easier when I wasn't on the list. It was easier because I wasn't focusing on that. We want people to make guarantees to us but we're not willing to make guarantees to ourselves. somebody gave you a guarantee $30 30 day guarantee in 30 days if if you don't make what they told you was gonna make in 30 days you got an attitude you want your money back but you've never demanded your money back from yourself What do you do when you're not the only one that wants to make a million dollars in your company? You're not the only one that wants to be the president. You're not the only one that wants to be the CEO. What if you're not the only one that wants what you want? What if there are thousands of other people who want what you want? You have to outwork them. The reason why I'm not successful is because of my boss. Have you ever looked at yourself in the mirror and said, I'm not getting up on time? What do you do when a thousand other people want exactly what you want? You've never looked at yourself in the mirror and said, you let you down. Until you get to that point, you let you down. You've never, you're not brave enough. You want to put it on somebody else. I changed and I stopped being a victim. I stopped saying, I've got to wait for good things to happen to me. And I said, I'm gonna grind. I'm going to fight. I'm going to work. I'm going to press toward. I'm going to learn. I'm going to do everything in my power every single day. you got to outbind them. you got to get up earlier. you got to stay up later. You've got to execute, and you've got to go from 70 to 120. And if you create a culture of losing, if you keep being a victim, if you keep letting losing happen to you, if you keep letting people do you and treat you any kind of way, it's going to become a culture. You're probably of E.T., you're doing less now than you did. We're doing more now. Every video, we got a spell check now. We didn't have to spell check this. We could put up, we could misspell it. Nobody cared. They didn't know who I was. Now, every single video is being scrutinized. Now, every single thing we're doing, people are talking about. Now, every single video we do has to be top-notch. We, go back to the first one. I didn't even say, thank God, it's Monday. I said, magical Monday. I have standards. I have values. I don't care how much you pay me. If I speak at an elementary school for $300, I chose to do that. You always wanna blame other people. You always wanna, you wanna hold other people to the fire, but you're not holding yourself to the fire. You owe you an explanation. You need to look at yourself in the mirror and say, why are you only giving 50%? What's wrong with you? You need to put yourself on punishment. Those of you with dreams and goals, I want you to be honest with me. Seven days of the week, seven days of the week, you can honestly say as it relates to your goals, beast mode, you give 120% every, every single day you get up 120% beast mode. The greatest feeling in the world, God, The greatest feeling in the world is execution. The greatest feeling in the world is doing what you said you were going to do. There's no greater feeling in the world. I need you to do me a favor when you leave. I need need you to be honest with yourself. I need you to be transparent. I need you to say in in my dreams, I'm beast mode. Beast mode. My business plan, beast mode. My income that I have for myself, beast mode. What I want to do for my children, beast mode. In the university, the scores I need, beast mode. I've got to go into beast mode to get it. And I want you to look at your time. And you look at your time and say, Ah, gazelle. That's a gazelle right there. You'll look at your habits, gazelle. And as long as your habits are gazelle, but your mindset is beast, You'll never see it. Listen to me. I would prefer that you have a gazelle. Literally, I would prefer that your 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 thought pattern, your your dreams, are gazelles. Like I, w- I would prefer income gazelle. But what you
3: Welcome back, everybody. You know the music has been cued, and the man has been called. It's time now for the final segment of Southern Sports Central. It's going to be the Power 30 Minutes with the legend, Clemson Tom, joining me for the rest of the show. Guys, they don't get no better than this. What's up, CT? Oh, <laughs> I love it,
13: baby. I'm here in hot Atlanta. It's cold. Woo. I'm digging it. And I'm hanging out with you talking
3: sports, baby. What more do you want? Sports you got brought in with Stone Cold. I mean, it doesn't get a lot better than that, does it really?
13: I mean, I almost ran down the hallway of the hotel and just, like, I don't know, like hit somebody with a stunner or a spear, but I was like, I can't, I can't take a charge when I'm, running, when I'm on a work trip. <laughs> can't do it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love
3: it. I tell you, man, it, it's been so long. You know, I, I think about it. I talked to Darnisha just yesterday. She's doing better, by the way. The health is good. Looks like her, uh, her son's oh, going to be playing. Ohio State will be playing. And, uh, of course, Big Hurt is her her, her last son that will be playing college football, at least uh, this round. Now, that being said, talking football, talking Stone Cold, it has a feeling of the Royal Rumble in college football because we brought in the ACC with the Big 12. Then the bell rang, and here comes the SEC. They're doing some things. And now, get ready, in a week or so, we're going to get that bell one more time, and we'll hear – The Big Ten, a little bit later, it'll be the Pac-12 or 16 or 35. I don't know what they're doing over there. What do you do you like this season, man? I know your Tigers keep winning. I mean, no shock there. But everybody else, what's your thoughts?
13: Well, I don't really care about the Big Ten and the Pac-12. I really don't. I think the Big Ten's overrated. It's just really just it's just Ohio State. Not taking anything away from them. I mean, they 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 always year in year out. They're decent. But, um, I mean, no one cares about the Pac-12 unless you're yeah, – I don't even know if the kids in the Pac-12 care about the Pac-12 themselves. <laughs> uh, maybe Oregon. It may be, it may be Oregon. <clears throat> um, but, I mean, when the Big Ten decided that they weren't going to play and everyone else was like, okay, cool, we're playing, I think they were kind of like the – they were the kids. The party was like, all right, man, let's leave this place. You know, this, this party isn't cool. And they go to leave. And everyone else was like, I'm having a good time. I'm with my leg And then – we just kept playing football, and so they're like, "Well, wait, wait a minute, maybe the party is cool," and then they want to play. So it's like, "Come on, man!" But now it's yeah. a good season. You know, Saban got COVID today. The Gators got COVID yesterday. I honestly think Florida was probably faking it just because they just got they got <laughs> embarrassed by Texas A and M, and they're like, "Man, we need to we need a sad. week off to figure this thing out." Right? Yeah. I, just, I mean, and he's like, and then. Mullins blame like, well, they had so many fans in the stands. We couldn't do our – we couldn't practice our silent count audibles. I'm like, well, time out, man. Like, aren't you – don't you – shouldn't you have – I mean, your quarterback's in the second year. It's not like he's a freshman just rolled up on the team and was like, hey, guys, I barely know the playbook. Like, you should at – that, at that level, silent count should not be your excuse. But that's the excuse he rolled with. He was saying that there's too much crowd noise. Well, what happens when there's, when there's everyone's there? What, what, what's going to happen then? So yeah, yeah I thought is. it was the lamest excuse. I thought it was a crybaby excuse. It was. I don't really think, except for Gator fans, probably were like, well, yeah, we couldn't, we couldn't do our silent uh, snap count for our Audibles. I'm like, yeah, man, shut up. <laughs> like, seriously, that, that's your excuse. But you, yeah. you know, two weeks ago, you are saying your quarterback's supposed to be up for the Heisman, and you got this tight end supposed to be the greatest tight end in college football, but. Now the crowd noise affected you, and that's why you lost. It's not because your defense just gave up like the most yards in the ball ever. But okay, yeah. <laughs> okay. Especially you, the, Heisen, the Heisen winning quarterback can't do an audible, but okay. We'll we'll run with that there, Mullen. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, so yeah, I'm kind of liking the season. You know, it is. I'm just glad football's back. i to be honest with you.
3: Well, you know, you talked Heisman, and and I got to give it to you, man. You know, you remember when you and I were doing this thing every morning, and and we did a few night shows, but a lot of mornings where we would break down, and and it was, what, years that you won the first national title where we went down to, course, Tampa. But it was that Notre Dame game that I was like, all right, cool, they're back. Clemson's here, they're real, they're legit. And I told you, even at the beginning of that season, that was the game that I thought that really – kind of define that I'm buying into what Davo's doing over there. And, of course, well, so did everybody else that was writing on you guys that year as well. But to me, I thought that win at home against Miami, even though it's Miami, it was how you beat Miami. It was how, you know, Travis Etienne, to me, all but ran himself into the leaderboard, even though there's a lot of people, and I don't disagree that it's a quarterback award for the Heisman, but it's going to be a tough way if this guy keeps running like he's running when I think I want to say he ran at least at least a million yards it felt like that day when they destroyed Miami 42 to 17 it wasn't even close
13: no it really wasn't and uh, I really loved how we kept their offense off the field you know their their biggest weapon was their quarterback and you just saw when he came in he he had some some plays like whoa okay um keeping him off the field Getting their defense tired, and, and you have Travis Etienne constantly running at you. And you got to worry about Trevor Lawrence throwing the ball. It's going to get you on your heels a little bit. But the thing with Etienne is, is we always take him out in the second or third quarter, you know, because yeah. we're we're up. But he just goes to show you that that boy can run the daggum ball. He's our leading receiver, obviously our leading running uh, running back. Um, he's he's a special talent, man. And I don't care if it's him or Trevor that gets the Heisman. I just want the Heisman to finally come to Clemson. Um, I don't know. I would, if if you asked me who I thought deserved the Heisman, I would say Travis, um, just because he's he's just so dynamic. You know, and Trevor's a phenomenal quarterback, but I mean, with with Travis, he's leading receiver. I'm like, he, you have to. He he's what can't he do? Basically, is kind of how I look at it. You align him up receiver, cool. He's our leading receiver. Put him at running back, cool. He's trucking people. You you have got to have two guys on him to tackle him. He's got the prettiest stride in college football. He doesn't take a lot of hits because his he's two steps ahead of you. By the time you go to lay the hit on him, he already pivoted out two steps ago and the spin move. He's dragging cats through the end zone. Uh, he's, I Man, I I I just love watching him play, man. I, I don't care where he goes to play his NFL football. I just hope he stays right. healthy and he just goes on to have a great career, man.
3: How long do you plan on being in Atlanta? By the way, can you stay for at least one more night? Because my Dodgers are pounding the Braves as they're in Atlanta, fifteen to one, and it's only the top of the six. Can you stay there for a couple more days at least until LA leaves yeah, and goes back
13: to uh, LA? Come on over, yes, yeah. <laughs> come on over. I'll be here until next Friday. My favorite oh, working until wow. next Friday. So I got I got Caitlin and Xander coming up tomorrow night, hmm. so they'll be here for throughout the weekend. Uh, they're, they'll head back to Orlando Sunday. and Then I got a whole another week here in Atlanta. But uh, I are the Braves even playing in Atlanta with COVID? Cause I've I've yet to watch any baseball. Well,
3: they're they're like, they're if they are there. playing here. Do you want to come up to the They are. Here. I'm not. Yeah, well, they're they're yeah, they're, they're fans there. I don't think, but it's definitely there's there are some people there. There are people there. I don't know. But I do know – the one thing I do know is that the Dodgers are there because it's 15-1, to 1, and after we get in on two nights in a row, we came back last night to make it – you know, I'd rather get beat bad than, get, than than to lose by one. Man, that's just like you were so close, but yet so far away. The other game that's happened is a all, football game last night, too. What's that?
13: Yeah, aren't you, aren't you all up 2-1 to one, or 2 two nothing right now in the series,
3: though? No, we're, no, no, we're down 0-2, time You're no. down 0-2? I thought you were 2-0. Yeah, were they beat the snot Adams the first night? No, we did not. We lost. We we were win. We we were losing what? big, kind of like this game right here. And then they decided to spot us about seven runs, but they still ended up finding a way to beat us there. It was kind of a nail biter and
13: Man. whatever. But it, I
3: yeah. went to bed. I went
13: to bed, and you were you guys were winning. And I was like, cool. I guess they won. Yes, mm. not.
3: Guess not. it we, we I've been walking around win. all
13: day long thinking the Braves won. The Braves
3: won. I'm not a, well, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not a Braves fan. The Braves did win, and the Braves did win the first one. They won both games. Oh,
13: see, okay.
3: Yeah.
13: forgot your dog. Yeah, so Atlanta's up 2 nothing.
3: Yeah, they're up 2 nothing. Right now, they're not. Right now, they're not at all. They're down like 15-1. Uh, Coast of Carolina, by the way, is playing on a Wednesday night, on October 14th, against yeah. those Raging Cajuns, the number 21 twenty one. <laughs> In the country, it's a tie ball game. It is in the second quarter, five oh three. It's fourth and one. I believe uh, the Raging Cajuns will probably be kicking this one off in, in a few, man. Let's look at some games. You and I haven't done this in a while. You got some time to kill. You're home alone no. or in some hotel by yourself, so let's talk some football. I'm in a hotel uh, by myself. It's, it's horrible. I'm lonely. You know who else, is in, who else is in Atlanta this weekend? Did you do this by design?
13: Yeah. Clemson, Who's Georgia it?
3: Tech. That's a, that's, oh, a, that's
13: yeah. a, yeah. No, not really. It worked you not You guys are well, favored by no, 27. Like I didn't plan it. <laughs> I know. I'll be, um, will will going to a good look? Uh, we might be going to the game. We're going to see if we can or not. But if ticket right. prices are just ridiculous, I just think I'll go host, watch on TV. Mm.
3: That ought to be, I wouldn't get one of that one. That's not going to be very close. You know, I'm looking at all the games. Auburn, South Carolina. I think Auburn probably, Auburn's only favored by three. What, what do you think of that game, though? Who I know you don't. Well, Auburn is out there. the Gamecocks are, are hosting Auburn, and it's going to be a, twelve a o'clock. Auburn's favored
13: by three.
3: Auburn's favored by three. They're fifteenth ranked. Take Auburn in the all day, baby. You like that? I know. Auburn take name.
0: Auburn minus the three. Yeah.
3: Look Why would you. you not?
13: That's easy money. Right. That's easy money. Oh, oh, baby. Easy. I got you. I got
3: you. Now let me ask you this question: You get a Georgia team. Since you're in Georgia, let's keep a Georgia uh-huh. state of mind. Georgia is going to Alabama with Nick Saban-less mm-hmm. kind of team. Let's be mm-hmm. honest. It ain't going to be much different. Both of them 3-0. and It's a CBS 8 o'clock game. They're actually going to play this game at 8 o'clock on CBS. That's kind of neat. Uh, Alabama favored by four in this one. Your thoughts on this game, and does Georgia finally quit being the bridesmaid and actually has a chance to get an invitation or to hand out the invitations? Which way do you think it goes?
13: Ah, man, I don't know because I don't even know if Saban's going to be able to coach. He's not coaching. he after coach.
3: Corona. He, he can't coach. He's got 14 days. He's got him and the athletic director cannot be around the facility for 14 days.
13: Oh my! Oh
3: gosh, what's he going to? Can
13: you imagine sitting
3: next to Saban in his house
13: and when he has no control over there? He's going to lose his he's going to lose his mind. He's, <laughs> goodness. Oh, my god, He's going to kill somebody, man. He's going to um, be bad. I'm taking Georgia, then. I am taking Georgia. I don't trust Sarkeesian. I'm really? taking Georgia. Here's and a game Georgia that you and I... Parlaying. Look at you.
3: Now, this is a team that you and I... You know, back in the day, you and I would go in and we would look at North Carolina. You know, I was on that Fedora train way that's a level of disappointment. You know, that's just such a disappointment. But now they've got this other guy. He's Mac Daddy down there, of course, doing his thing. He's going to be going to Florida State. Now, they're a wreck, too, by the way. 1-3, and 3-0. Three, three and oh. But, you know, North Carolina's known for losing a game they should win and being upset. Florida State's kind of a team that you would think would have a signature win. Could this be a win that would really destroy North Carolina's hope as they're undefeated, they're 3-0, and oh. They're favored by almost a touchdown, two touchdowns, excuse me, at 13, 7.30 kickoff on ABC. Does North Carolina, do you think they improve to 4-0 pretty easily? Because I know Florida State's a mess.
13: Yes, yes, they're going to get that. Um, I know Blackman, their quarterback for Florida State, looking to transfer. He doesn't like it there. Um, he so he's not even, he's not even really – he ain't in it, man. He's legit not in it. The kid wants to transfer right. out of there. Um, so just, yeah, take – Take UNC. I mean, yeah. I mean, wow. Goodness gracious. You know what? Florida State called me today. They wanted if I could come play offensive tackle for them. I told them <laughs> yeah. I was too good. You know, hung up the phone. Yeah. You hung up the phone. <laughs> Let me we ask could, you. We guys. could start. We could start right we now. We could start. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah. Uh, yeah. That would be interesting. It could get much worse. I mean, really, at one point, you thought – Florida was back online. The state of Florida was back online. You lived out in Florida, by the way, down there in Mickey Mouse country, which everything's back to normal with the Disney World opening back up, I'm sure. But yep. it, it's not normal. I mean, Florida blew a massive lead, and it had to hurt twice as bad. Why? Because they lost to Texas A&M, and B, or two, however you want to label this thing, they lost to the guy that coaches. Texas A&M, who used to coach at Florida State, who he has a personal <laughs> endeavor about this game, right? I mean, is that kind of like getting beat? That's kind of like getting fired on your day off, isn't it? I mean, that's kind of a bad situation.
13: Yeah, man, because Jimbo still has got that Florida the Florida State ties, you know what I mean? And, you right. know, it's It was like when... Yeah, yeah, of course, they hate Jimbo. The Gators hate Jimbo for a multitude well, of reasons. Well, uh, now they have another reason. Losing to them, it's just like... Yeah, it's like oh gosh, and he lost the Jimbo
3: one more time. So
13: it, it just is what it is, man. It was it was a double whammy for sure.
3: Right now, before we uh, we we talk about the Red River rivalry, which actually actually was a pretty good game because the teams are about the same level of not very good, and sometimes that's what you get, right? I mean, sometimes you get two not good teams, you get when a pretty good game. When you get two
13: bad good teams, and actually turns into a game, yeah,
3: yeah. And it goes into a couple of overtimes. Or at least that's what they did in the Rev of the where Oklahoma was winning big. I'm still into the wife swap, where they would call it coach swap 2020, where Will Muschamp would go to Texas, and Texas coach would come to South Carolina. I still think that's a pretty good deal. Because you remember, Will Muschamp was the coach of waiting at Texas for a long time. The coach at Texas actually had accepted the job verbally at South Carolina and then decided to go to Texas. Boy, which he – Thought that over again. That didn't go the way he thought it was going to go. Why?
13: But you already, know what it, you already know what it is. You already know he's That's not that money. good of a coach. Which one? Yeah, Both? of course he went with the money. Both. Yeah. Both. No one wants no, – <laughs> Will Mustang will not be, a, not be a head coach in college football after South Carolina. And the, the coach for for Texas is not going to go a coach in South Carolina. You can't make it in Texas.
3: You're mm-hmm. not going to make it to South Carolina. Mm-mm. It just is what it is. It is what it is. We'll find out. Let me ask you this, though. Is there, you know, when you look at the top 25 and you start putting things in order, I know North Carolina's hanging around there, Alabama's hanging around there, Clemson's there. Clemson, Alabama, as of right now, the top two echelons, along with Georgia. I think Georgia now has to be in this conversation after they're just doing what they're doing. They seem like they're getting that momentum in the right area. It's just whether Kirby has an unsmart moment, right? Is that fair to say, that he has an unsmart moment, makes a – uh, an a unsmart decision to do something they he probably shouldn't. That's like, go for it or kick it. No, just kick it, and, and let's play for another day. But who do you think is right mm-hmm. now, and you and your and, and you're honest-to-God opinion, who is your top four along with, or should we say the other two, along with Alabama and Clemson? Got to
13: go with Georgia, just because after watching them play, and they haven't lost anybody. But, you know, this is before the Alabama game, obviously. I don't know right. who would be fifth. I, I, I don't know. I, I I would probably have to go with Notre Dame to see how they played so far. They haven't lost. And they're, right. they're still putting up points. They've they got a good nucleus around them. That is a good Notre Dame. Right.
3: Yeah, because right now, I mean, if you look at a couple of things, you got Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, Notre Dame. That's your four right there. North Carolina kind of hanging around at the five, six. Not even played a game yet, by the way. The Ohio State book, guys. Yep. That's crazy to me. I mean, I, I just – I don't you know how they've
6: been quite yet.
3: Well, this is supposed to be their year. We've heard right. that before. As long as there's a team from yeah. the state of oh, South man, Carolina. It's they Tennessee,
13: Tennessee's year, too. It's everybody's year. It's always their oh. year. It's about game or about week week three or four. It's everybody's year.
3: It's supposed to be a ms year. That's beautiful got thing that about
13: college football. Yeah, yeah, golly. Yeah, maybe in, like, uh, basketball or yeah. something, I don't
3: know. <laughs> hey, look! I got that. Oh, that did not go the way I thought it was going to go. <laughs>
13: it should not have.
3: God, yeah, I, I don't know what these
13: things. Prime man, it's it's always been a year. Like I had man. a friend tell me, Tennessee's probably going to beat Georgia, or they'll at least cover the spread. Like, Chris, don't do that with you. With you. <laughs> the, the, the Chris, no. <laughs> I ain't saw that. I ain't saw, I ain't saw that guy in years. Well, you don't talk oh, about playing. Like, I swear to God, he would just sit in his house and tweet me <laughs> all day. He would. i was like, who is this guy? Yeah, he's Like, crazy. I would put out, like, the, the weather's great today, man. It's just great to be alive. Tennessee's coming back next year, Tom. Put a good market down. And we're going to win that championship. I'm like, what? What? <laughs> like, like, man? God, he dude, a really great barbecue in this new place. Speaking of barbecue, the best barbecue is in Knoxville. Rockstop. Championship. <laughs> the barbecue you, man he would, he would just,
3: oh my god he would you would like i'm going to i'm going to magic mountain you know what's magical what's magical when you run through the team? look at the
13: magic yeah magic right to the big power team.
3: i see that you at disney
13: world make miles mouse legs Rocky top Championships. like oh god Boy, we had some good times, man. I tell you.
1: <laughs> we had oh, my a God.
13: Listen there, base, man. Oh, my God. We had
3: Travis. Oh, my God. Travis
13: was yeah. one of those guys that you had meet, to
3: make sure. I'm glad that contract was him. And look,
13: <laughs> he would, he would,
7: we he mute would mute give him conversation.
13: <laughs> yes. And we would mute him and be like, You think he's still talking? Ah, <laughs> right, let's go back. And we'd like unmute him. He's still talking. Again. Talking yeah. Oh my God. Huh? Remember he would he would message me, Hey Tom, I'm yeah. I'm wanna wanna call to the show, man. Give me thirty minutes. Like thirty Give minutes for time.
3: what?
13: Like
3: what you... <laughs> He would be oh he was so done. And here's the fun let me tell you so I did a game a couple about three weeks ago over at uh, Ashley Ridge, which is one of the high schools down the road. And uh, Fort was, was up there for week one. And the team from Ashley Ridge had new radio guys. And they're great dudes. They're from Walterboro. You know, they're part of that back porch or side porch or no porch broadcast that has that thing that Cubby used to love to do. Well, of course, the guys tell me about this yeah. thing. And I said, oh, yeah, you guys know – y'all know Cubby. And they're like, who? I said, yeah, no know Cubby. You know, and they looked at me and goes, oh, no, that's the Godfather. I was like, yeah, well you know who coined him? <laughs> You're looking at one of them. The other one's in Orlando. He did not he didn't have that title until he came over here with us. So of course I'm still waiting to have to do that I not the challenge.
13: I am not lying for what I'm about to tell you. If you go to Edisto, you can buy bumper stickers that say
3: ask
7: Cubby.
13: He knows everything. You can literally <laughs> buy stickers that says uh, CNN Cubby News Network and Ask Cubby.
7: That's a real thing.
13: He knows that what? is a legit thing. I think it's absolutely
3: hilarious to ask Cubby. You know that's another that thing too. And again, that we you know if you listened earlier, man, we had two quarterbacks of high school. You know, we had a quarterback from the Upstate and up there near uh, the Greenville area, where of course uh, he did an incredible job. This is a guy from West Side. Uh, his name is uh, Peter Zamora. Now this time last year, he was a quarterback down in Miami at a high school down in Florida. This year he's up here slinging that rock around. He's 3-0, and having a great night. And then I had another guy come in, had a couple coaches join us, man, had a couple beat writers, and I was like, you know what, let me, let me get in touch with Tom and see if he's hanging out. Of course, thank God I see you are. I did see you were roller skating. We'll talk about that later. I don't even want to get into that on the air with you. I was but not on roller skating. I was on a scooter. Even worse. It just got worse. Could it ever get know, it got no. worse? I would almost rather you be on No, skating. it was awesome. Did you have a helmet? I was a scooting.
13: No, I want a daggum helmet. I'm hard at it. <laughs> Do you have your mask on? Probably not. Probably not.
3: <laughs> Guys, we're live right now. Of course, wrapping up. Uh, we've got about four more minutes here with Clemson Tom, a guy who has helped me in ways, of course, here on Southern Sports Central that I only never knew when I first uh, connected with this cat on social media. He and I had a run for about, what, three, three and a half, four. So I don't know. It felt like forever, but it was a great ride, and it's hopefully not over yet. But uh, one day we'll get him out of retirement. we we'll, They were maybe a live show somewhere. Um, he set a lot of them up. Didn't happen, but I got to be honest with him. He's, uh, he's a dude that's always got a seat here on the show, man. Uh, I'm just glad to see college football back. I'm glad to see the NFL back. You know, for me, yeah, I mean, of course. Up, in, up until last night or until tonight, I was living the dream. You know, the team I covered in high school is – undefeated, 3-0. and They're beating teams averaging 50-some points a game. They're not giving up at, like, 10, maybe 7. You know, my Saturday game, well, at least we won this past weekend. And then Sunday, my Packers undefeated, you know, and then my Dodgers. You know, they were winning big until, well, they're back at it at least tonight. But, man, it's uh, it's just glad to see the Lakers, you know, whether you're a, a Laker fan or not or if you're a LeBron fan or not. Isn't it nice to see that, that they – that they're back and they did what they needed to do. you got the Masters coming up next month. That's going to be a good conversation for a show coming up down the road. But, you know, for me, NFL, maybe I haven't really heard a lot about the major leagues as much as the NFL. But shouldn't they get with that commissioner in the NBA and say, we got to do a little bit more of what you're doing? Because they had the least amount of headache when it came to COVID. It seems like everybody else is just stressing it out. And for me, on the college level, it's like – When you send college kids to college, they're going to be college kids. So why are we surprised that these numbers are where they are? Just like when we open these doors in these restaurants and you start putting butts in the seats, they're going to do what they're going to do. Or you send them to high school Mm -hmm. or middle school or elementary. These cats are hanging on each other, period. All right. So, you know, it is what it is. I just don't understand the rush of, 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 you know, it's like hurrying to get into Disney World to stand in a line to ride a ride. It just doesn't make any sense to me, Tom.
13: No, I mean, it's, they had to do it, man. There's too much money involved. You know how it is. It, oh, It's yeah. all based off of money. We both know this. Can you imagine if a season with no football whatsoever? How much money would be lost? I mean, you're talking about multi-millionaires losing multi-millions of dollars, billionaires losing multi millions of dollars. Cuz somehow some way the players would have found out how to get paid. And if I'm bleeding money and I ain't getting no income coming in, that that's that's no good. So, yes. yeah, you bueno. knew it was going to happen? Right? Yeah, no bueno. You knew no. You know right now. Right? That so I did man. Player, it. I'm, I'm okay with it. Okay, besides people getting sick, Nothing major has happened so far. Cross your fingers. And that's that's really, you know, what 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 you want. People are gonna test positive for this thing. It is what it is. You're gonna get you're gonna get sick in life no matter what. But uh, as long as, you know, people are just testing positive, you know, maybe get sick for a little bit here and there and, and nothing serious happens, then it it is what it is, man. It's okay. That people are gonna right. get the flu, people are gonna you know, they're gonna do it. you you're gonna get sick. So, this is what it is. so as long it as is it is catastrophic happens like it like it it did in the first wave then just just keep moving with it you know what i mean i mean you gotta you can't let it control your life you know you can take as many precautions as you want but at the end of the day it's life so right we go we go out here we wear our masks we wash our hands we do all the social distancing we do everything we're supposed to do but at the end of the day that's that's not it's never enough you can only do what you can do, but what do you want us to do? Sit inside for a month? Maybe this virus dies down? Maybe you can't do that. You can't do that to people. So, I'm I'm glad we're doing what we're doing.
3: Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I, I feel like there's definitely got to, sooner or later it's got to happen, man, but I do want to tell you, man, it's always an honor. It's always a pleasure, and I love just catching up, and you know, we had a lot of guests. We uh, do want to thank all of our guests that joined us here tonight. Started off with David Shelton. He works over there at the Local paper, he covers it around the state. Of course, uh, David Shelton is uh, one of the best in the biz. As He hung out with us at around uh, 6.30. Then we went to soccer, Steve, my alumni. The new head coach, Ben Hampton, sitting there with a big win after beating Conway, now 2 and one Big game coming up. It's Carolina Forest coming into town for homecoming 2020. All right, soccer, Steve, do what you got to do. Win get you in the playoffs. We're talking playoffs in the fourth week. I love it. Then we went at the West Side. Hey, how about that West Side life? Up there with Scott Early and their player. That was Peter Zamora. He's a quarterback. He hung out with us. They talked a lot about life as a Ram. They're 3 and 0. They got a big one against Walhalla coming up. I do want to give a quick shout out back over here to Cade Bird. He was that outside linebacker from Soccer City. He also hung out with me for about 15 minutes. And then, of course, Wes Kerr with the Locosports.com. They were top of the hour, three. Catching us up on the lower part of the low country. And, of course, wrapping it up here tonight as fashionably we can on a Wednesday night. It's Clinton Tom. Tom, I'm going to send you off in style, brother. Thanks so much. We got to do this more. Let's do some Facebook Live stuff. I said we should do it once a week. We'll talk about that when I get off the cool. and give you a shout. Bye, brother. Appreciate you, man. All right, guys, there you go, man. I tell you what, when you find a good friend, hold on to him, guys. They're not easy to find. And that cat right there, I'm a Gamecock, he's a tiger, but you'd have never known when we go town to town and do things, it is brotherhood at its best when we represent the flag for Southern Sports Central. I want to thank all of you tonight that you just took time out to listen to my dream, to listen to what we had to say here on Southern Sports Central tomorrow night. Well, it's going to be Eugene. Oh, the kicking coach is coming in to run the South Carolina High School Blitz Sports Show. They'll be talking about the Junior Bowl. It's all out, and it is all done. They've got the numbers. He's got the names. The coaches will be showing up. The players will be checking in. Please do me another favor. Keep Miss V and her family in your players as uh, they are dealing with some things. I do want to say that. And also, for the... Dallas White family. I'll be at that funeral service tomorrow, guys. He was a 21-year-old, former Somerville Green Wave. He was a big-time running back, wore that number five of pride, and he was one of the most outstanding young men that I'd met. Well, in my times of doing what I do, I meet a lot of you guys. I do, I do. But, man, I get to know you, love you like family. And when I heard the news on Saturday morning that the Lord had called him home, boy, it broke my heart. That being said, we'll say so long, farewell. And from all of us to all of you, stay safe, stay separated. Thirsty, my friends. We'll see you tomorrow night. Eugene bringing you the South Carolina High School Blitz right here on Southern Sports Central. Kicking off at, well, 6 o'clock, guys. Till then, God bless. In a
2: time for the I'm full of doubt Just believe Yet yeah. Get one go round Cause the finish line is six feet in the ground In a race you can't
9: win, just slow it down